and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. Joining me today are a few special guests that we've got. I always like to call them special, even if they're mostly a reoccurring uh, guest that we've got on our podcast. So first up, as always, Josh Torres. I continue to always be special. It's a cyclical thing. You want to you know. not be special, my exactly. Eyes, Josh Torres. Oh, then, of course. And then we've got Adam Vitali returning back once again. Hello. And, of course, we've got his brother, Brian Vitale. You're joining us as well. Thank you. Hi. It's me. It's Brian. That's you. Hi, Brian. I can say for a fact that you're probably Brian. Yes. So, anyway, get into all the important news that we're going to be talking about in this podcast. There has been a lot this past week, mostly surrounding uh, Square Enix and their Final Fantasy 30th anniversary celebration that they held that wasn't streamed anywhere as far as I know. Uh, so before we get into all that, as always, we'd like to discuss the games that we've been playing. And so um, this is kind of kind of be a bit of a repeat from the last week's because, uh, Josh, Hello. Uh, I know you've been playing a lot of Tales of Berseria, of course, yeah, you've been streaming getting... it on the channel. Mm-hmm. I've been getting you know further into it. I'm up to the part where Magulo finally joins your party for real. Uh, it's 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 cool. Like you know, it's Aaron was talking about about it a little. It's like it's definitely a tales game where you feel like you're playing, like they're your anti heroes, but you definitely feel like the bad guy because the things yeah. that you kind of go through, you kind of screw over innocent bystanders at like every turn in that game. What? Yeah, it kind it kind of sucks for them. <laughs> I, I'm, but I'm really digging more about the battle system and the, the equipment system. I didn't like the equipment system at first because I thought it was going to be very grindy, very... Because the way it uh, works is you get bonuses off your equipment once you've mastered them and how it determines mastery is based on, like... I'm not sure how many battles you've been with or um, just how much damage you take. I have no idea how actual uh, growth uh, works on the mastery, but it, it I see myself always going back to inventory seeing who's mastered what and always switching out their equipment so it adds like that additional layer of like uh, just a little micromanagement on each and everyone's stats it it feels like it's a weird sort of like progression that you feel accomplished by even though it happens naturally as long as you're like on top of like you know who has what mastered and whatnot so i I like that josh have you Mm -hmm. played this have you played zisteria nope okay i'll comment on it once you're done with your comment about the equipment system comparison yeah, you can go into it right now because I heard like a little bit about Zysteria's equipment system, but I still don't know the specifics, but I've heard a lot of complaining about it. Well, at first, Berseria's equipment system looks highly reminiscent, and I thought it was going to be pretty much the same thing. But uh, it, it's dumbed down a little bit, but I think in a way that's actually useful. In Zysteria, the equipment would have like certain abilities on it. And then there was like this ability table that was like five by five and Uh certain abilities would fall into certain cells on this table. And if you had like a row or a column, or if you had it like stacked up, you'd get like different bonuses. And it was just too convoluted. And I don't, Uh I always, I always feel like, Oh, you're just, you know, you're, you're not intelligent enough to, to understand it or something, but it was just so much micromanagement and it wasn't, the game was not hard enough to make it necessary so I like this system now where you master a skill, you sometimes get some bonus skills, 
like you said, it's it's a degree of micromanagement, but to a point where it's enjoyable. You don't just go to a city, buy the newest equipment, equip it, and then just sit on it until the next city. You're actually actively changing it in and out, deciding what to equip to master, et cetera. And I enjoy it uh, as much as you can enjoy an equipment system. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I like it. The, the nice thing about like when you visit a new city, it's not when you go to the vendor, it's like a automatic, like a new tier of equipment. Sometimes they'll have like old, like kind of beginner grade equipment. But the skills on them are much more like better than what you have in stock. So you can just get good deals on like old equipment, but with better like stats on them. So say that like your beginner one only had like defense plus five. If you go to a town that has two skills on it and more of it is like defense plus eight, and like you, know, you get back like thirty HP for defeating an enemy or something. So you you much rather go with that one and discard your old one. So at least when you're going back to a master like quote unquote old equipment at least they have useful stats on them for that new character to benefit from rather than just like carrying something you've had for like 10 hours and not willing to let go really it's uh it's smart it's oddly just i i wouldn't have thought that that would be their approach to it but it's very intuitive once you start kind of wrapping your mind around it and i have to um Thank uh, one of the people who watched my stream. I totally forgot that like you can just dismantle things. It's because I've been for, like the first two towns. I just sold like my equipment instead of like dismantling them. And you kind of need to dismantle if you want to enhance it because that's the only way you get like reliable uh, materials to upgrade your equipment as well. So right. I'm sometimes you pick them up, but most of the things you pick up are just to sell, like the coins or whatever. Every once in a while you pick up some scrap, but not often. That's what I found. I think my my goal in that game is to like get every catch chest because like I ever every time I go up to a catch chest I'm like okay there's gonna be it they're gonna be like some really good accessory to like uh, just put it as a aesthetic over uh, a character uh, and sometimes it'll you know, spend like over a hundred cat souls or whatever to open that chest and then it's like hey you got a cat so you didn't get shit from it I have no idea why I continue to do it it seems like a really depressing cycle when you spend that amount. And you don't get anything from it, but uh, I I think the only th weird thing is like just going around and picking up cat souls again and again. <laughs> but I I, th I enjoy it though because uh, even though I've only been playing Velvet so far, uh, the battle system uh, to me since I haven't played that many Tales games, she seems like the most overpowered like Tales protagonist in a while. She just seems unstoppable. Like you just. If you balance like your soul gauge right, you never stop attacking. You're always going to that claw mode. Yeah, every one, every once in a while, I'll do like the claw when I have three souls. And uh, without going too in detail, the game system usually I expect to to grab a soul so I can keep going. Right. But every but every once in a while, I'll stuck. I'll be stuck with two or one, and I won't get it when I want it. And I'll end up, you know, when you're when you ha when you have one or two souls, you can't combo nearly as long. Like, yeah. It's very it's very sad life from there on. It, it especially sucks when you have only like one or two souls and a dire foe shows up and it's just like oh oh crap. I've only fought I've only fought one of those and it was it was really tough. It was tough but you know enjoyable. It was, it was I've, good, I fought like good. four of them already. It's just like they just fucking. I, I thought the first time when they when they did that like I thought that the oh game, actually like, I think I got you. I think I got two because I got one that was like flying around in a city in a dungeon and then i got mm -hmm. one that that occurred after a normal battle so 
the the weird the the ones that like occur in normal battles the the first time I thought my game froze or was glitched or was frozen because it takes a while for them like like a good like three seconds for them to show up after battle you see like an empty battlefield it's like is this gonna end or and then it just occurred to me it's like oh well here's a dire foe what's up and dire foes are just basically more powerful aggressive mobs that just join into a battle randomly and you get a lot of bonuses out of them if you beat them they're not too difficult but they can be rather annoying to fight because they have a lot of HP. When you're not expecting it. Yeah, and what, what my, my main role during that is if I can't attack them, I just, since they're so focused on me, I just run around while my uh, party beats them up. I and actually haven't, they fixed the uh, AI issue. There yeah. was a weird workaround you had to do before, but now it's completely correct, I think. Yeah, so that was that was good. bizarre. The the weird, the, just the, to clarify, the AI bug before was your party members would play very defensively and passively they would do like maybe one or two attack strings and then back off so in a way it helped them survive a lot better but you weren't really getting any benefits from them actually contributing to combat damage wise so what you had to do before was you had to assign virtual controllers on the characters this pc only for berseria so programs like vjoy for example you had to turn that on, but you had to make sure that you only turned it on after you got the checking add-ons part at the beginning of the game. Because if you had it on before that, it would crash the game. So you turn it off, boot it up, get to the main menu and whatnot, turn it on. And then you always have to assign your uh, player 2, 3, and 4 to the, the VJoy configurations and whatnot to quote-unquote fix and have them on auto. And it's just weird, but I'm glad they, they patched it up pretty fast. Uh, I've been hearing that like... Uh, Bandai Namco support for this was came as a surprise for a lot of people because it took them supposedly months to fix like Sisteria's PC port, whatever bugs that had. Well, I mean, it's I think it's just to put a button or a bow on this. Like the port is, it I don't know if it's a stellar port, but it's a good port. It had a few bugs that they fixed. It's got obviously the 60 frames per second native. It supports arbitrary resolutions. It's a pretty good port for a Tales game. Definitely for the sure. best one on Steam. Yeah. Uh, other than that, how far are you? Uh, I I think I'm about to get Magaloo in my party, but it hasn't happened yet. So okay. I think I'm a, a few hours behind you. All right. That, it's a real cool cutscene how you get her. And then after, Vers- uh, other than Versaria, I've yeah. been playing Fire Emblem Heroes, that uh, Fire Emblem mobile game. That came out just uh, a few days ago. A couple of days ago, in fact. It's It's been kind of taking... At least social media by storm, it seems to be like a very good transition to the mobile. I, uh, I've been personally really enjoying it. How about you? It's uh, it's it's good. I I think it's people who kind of complain about like it's not a true Fire Emblem. It's like a stripped down light version of Fire Emblem. Of course, there it's are not be there actual, are yeah. <laughs> yeah because if you had actual Fire Emblem on mobile, I don't know how well that work. I personally don't. Like, um, basically, what it's missing, well, aside from the obvious of like you only have you're restricted, restricted to four people in a party, um, the biggest thing that stuck out to me was there's no accuracy and evasion stat in that game. Everything always hits. So it, in turn, the balance of it kind of, is kind of fucked from the get-go, which makes Axe users very good in it. Because there's one thing that Axe users uh, do not like in Fire Emblem games, it's that they actually have to hit the target. Um, yeah. So. Going to this, uh, it's nice that Axe users are awesome. But on my first night, I uh, when I rolled, I got a five-star Noe. She's like a blue tome user. Uh, she's been carrying, for the, my early game in it, she carried me quite a bit. Then I got a Marth, a Roy, and a, a five-star Lucina. 
she's been doing work on like dragon uh writers uh so the flow, flow of this game essentially is you have four characters who should go up against uh three or four other bad guys in a map um it's like standard fire emblem it's a strategy rpg yeah uh you have you know there are da- danger areas you have the weapon triangle um it's just putting that format into a mobile game context like the japanese gacha games like you know grand blue fantasy fake grand order uh, you have this gotcha system that you roll for new characters in. The neat thing about the the gotcha system is since you there are so many characters in the Fire Emblem universe to have all different weapons, yeah. you can kind of skew the the gotcha in a weapon that you need. So when you tap uh, you know the button to summon, uh, cost five orbs. That's the in-game currency for that. It uh, comes up with like this uh, star uh, picture. Or illustration that has five points to it, uh, different colored orbs or spears in it, yeah. and they come in red, blue, green, and colorless. Uh, and then each of these uh, colors represent what pool of weapons uh, you'll be drawing from. So the red is for the swords, and the red tome users, blue is lances, and blue tome users, green is axe, and uh, colorless is like bows. And, uh, and yet, magic. no matter what colors, I always pull up the four stars. I can never get a damn five star for the life of me. <laughs> yeah. So I've been hearing stories about people like deleting their accounts and re-rolling, but like I'm trying to stay above all that. And yet, um, I don't know if you saw like my picture I shared earlier today, but I rolled for five of all five of them, and they all pulled up four stars. It's like, Ugh! yeah, it's it, it's rough. Uh, the, the nice thing about it is every time you roll a full five because a full, rolling all five, all five from like uh, that pool costs 20 orbs. Every time you don't get a five star in that, the appearance for them to appear uh, will raise. Like there's an appearance rates table yes. on each of the banners. So that percentage will grow higher. So hopefully next time, you know, that <laughs> will actually pay you off. And then once you pull a five star, that whole appearance rate will reset down to the normal 3%. I think it raises like by 0.25 or 0.5 every time you fail to pull a five star. Yeah, the, that. the bummer about that is that, you know, for one thing, it does take a while to collect those orbs and also stamina system. And so those two things, mm-hmm. I think, is kind of test my... Uh, the longevity of it and my mm-hmm. personal attachment to it. Just because if I can't gather enough orbs quickly enough, then it's like, other than, you know, going through the regular story missions and doing the different, like the other difficulty level, I just, because the other game I play, Battle Girl High School, it's very easy to collect crystals to roll and that keeps my interest. But like here, it's it's getting kind of, it's already feeling like I, I already can see down the line to the limitations of that. Yeah, it's it's very. You can go through this soul crushing process of re-rolling, like a lot of other people have, and even to this day, people are still re-rolling for their desired person. <sighs> I made the joke, and so many I'm people sorry. admitted to it. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of friends who did. That. I had a friend who recently did it. He was like ready to give up on it, and then like his next re-roll was like three five stars on his, in his first pool. So it was just, who fucking knows? Uh, and the the story of this is kind of very poor even by fire emblem standards it's your standard oh there's this um invading empire called emblian empire going uh, against this kingdom asker that you're defending and you uh, this emblian empire has kind of mind controlled all the heroes of fire emblems you're going through like through the worlds of awakening birthright conquest etc um kind of going through this uh like five stages in their chapters like to 
get rid of the mind control off of a person. So I know it doesn't have uh, the console games on it. Nine and ten, Path of Radiant no. Trading Dawn. Does it have uh, like which other ones is it missing? Is it missing Sacred Stones characters too? Uh, maybe I don't know. I don't uh, remember seeing has that. Blazing Blade, Binding Blade, yeah. um, Mystery, obviously Fates uh, Awakening. Awakening. I think I, that's... I, I, from what I've seen on social media, I don't see. I haven't seen anyone share a Sacred Stones character. So I don't uh, think Sacred Stones is in. Yeah, you got no. to imagine this will this will be. I, I remember in the when they do when they, when they were doing the voting. I know basically the only Sacred Stones character were Arika and a frame. Which makes sense, but well, I don't know do you remember any of the other ones? Mm. I'm just joking. There's, I know there's like there's the Swordmaster Joshua, <laughs> yeah. and there's a few others, but I don't remember yeah. most of them. Uh, kind of a dark horse. Mag, I will say, like the, one of the cool things is that even if it's from old art, from old games, they uh, since they have all the multiple artists, they actually came and like redid all their portraits and whatnot. So you've got Faye. One of the characters that they've got, uh, what was she from? Binding Blade, I think. Sounds right. I think she was. But uh, the Atrian Odyssey artist um, redid her art, and so Toad looks like a character state from that series. <laughs> and that was yeah, that's pretty cool. Definitely. And then you've got Est, and she looks completely different because, I mean, I think she's from Mystery of the Emblem, and she looks way different, um, way more uh Way more anime, I guess. Uh, so, I mean, I guess it depends on your taste for the artists. But I just love seeing a lot of that art. And I think that that's one of the most uh, interesting things about this game is just seeing all that uh, a ton of art assets in this game. That's for sure. I want to say it looks like it. that The Arthur and Fire Emblem Heroes are drawn by the, the codename Steam artist because it yeah. looks like that a lot. It, there's some really bizarre ones. I mean, not all the art is going to be amazing. Like, no. there's definitely... There's some misses there for sure, but in general, I I enjoy it. I've gotten through all the story on normal, and uh, it's been kind of fun. You know, yeah. I it, I think my my group of my friends and I are kind of surprised at just how competently made this is off the bat. Like, and this is definitely from the record keeper people that took a while to you know get going in here. DNA. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I should I'm mention, yeah, you were talking about weird uh, character. I'm sorry to cut you off, but like Agma, mm-hmm. I, I I was looking at my oh, characters. Yeah. Agma w- stands way out from the rest of my because oh, yeah. he's got that very like Western art, like the more mature style, like old classic comic book style art, and he just looks like he does not belong in that group at all. But yeah, so you you were talking about uh, oh, just just in general, the the overall quality of the game just. It, it stands out as uh, pretty well made at the moment. I think my main party right now is like Noe, Lucina, um, Setsuna, which I might swap out for George and Arthur. I really, I kind of want to roll for Camilla to be honest. I, I <laughs> of course you do. Everyone wants her. I mean, she seems really good, you know. She's but my friends SST. have her. <laughs> the tier lists are so dumb because they like get updated like every like six yeah, hours or something. Yeah, <laughs> balancing all that stuff. You know, happens. it's tier lists are gonna be dumb, weird stuff. But I think that's part of the that's it kind of only like serves to improve the community of that game just seeing where the meta lies and it, as with all mobile games like this they tier lists aren't by law because there's always going to be big balance patches that like what could be really good and like you know now could be totally fucked over by the next balance patch later I've had that happen mm-hmm. so yep. it's best to stay away from that stuff and just you know balance your characters based on like weapons and stuff like that and stats not so much tiers 
Yeah, it's just it's a big fan service game. The thing that they definitely need to improve and work on, and I think this is a weird oversight, is that we were talking about the stamina system earlier. There's no way to like upgrade the max cap of your stamina. It's always locked yeah. at 50. There's no user or account level that uh, raises that refills your stamina and like raises the cap of it, like in most other mobile games of this caliber. It's it, like even like the first login bonus was ten stamina potions. So I w- I want to say they kind of you know get the message and hopefully do rectify it somehow. But the, but the one thing I will say uh, is that the save system in it, the way you uh, link your account to it, is very easy and intuitive. The way you if let's say I'm gonna get like a Google Pixel XL coming in like two weeks and I want my data from this going over to when I install Fire Emblem Heroes on that, all you have to do in the game is link it to your My Nintendo account, and that'll act as your universal save data. So when I install it on that device and link it to that, everything should transfer over. This, it Just, should also link to your Google account as well, because you can log in that way. I believe that's, I, that's the case. Yeah, I have, I have it linked to my Twitter, I think, my Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing. As you said, it, you can extend it. Record Keeper was cool on that. Yeah, you leveled up, and then you were able to like extend the amount. of. Obviously, you were able to... like recover that with like the stamina potions or by paying money if you wanted to do that but yeah i haven't seen anything yet that extends the amount of stamina that you have and that can once again be a real deal breaker from running into that so quickly because like if you try to do any of the side missions you're talking about like five or ten or fifteen stamina points it it gets even worse because once you get to the lunatic difficulty stages like the starting stages like cost like 20 something stamina i think oh my gosh and you already got like what like 40 or something like yeah 50 yeah 50 yeah so that's that's not hmm. gonna really happen unless they're just afraid that they don't have a lot of content there quite yet and so they have to worry about it i mean like what like with record keeper you know obviously they added a ton of content over long span of time up until now there's just been a tremendous amount of content they've added but there's been ways to extend that bar and so you're able to play for you know a good span of time mm-hmm. i mean i guess like at a lower level it's i'm I'm already running into that wall of difficulty with the uh story missions but you know once i put it down i kind of forget about it so that's not a great thing to think about like forget yeah the full yeah. Game. I, I don't know if i'm gonna stick with it but right yeah. now i'm I'm, in, I'm enjoying it for where i'm at at the moment it's it's good for what it is. I think it's a little too safe, but that's uh, but I can't expect much too much out of a mobile game. It's uh, it was funny to see that when people were data mining this game, you know, extracting the yeah. art assets and whatnot. Uh, the of course uh, this and Super Mario Run were originally slated for fall 2016, so they had art for uh, Robin and I believe Tharja in their like Christmas outfits and Robin's. Uh, <laughs> The always was like wielding like a Christmas tree in it. It was like real good. It's like a spear. <laughs> yeah, they'll reuse it for some silly Christmas enjoyment. Oh yeah, you have to imagine. I, I, I'm interested to seeing like what the events are in this game. Just the weird character uh, outfit swaps and whatnot. Like Valentine's Day is coming soon, so who knows if they'll have something lined up for that. Absolutely, and you know, with the transition, uh, like you mentioned before, it's actually it's a decent transition from a regular game mm-hmm. to like the mobile. It has yeah. me very hopeful about Animal Crossing and how that experience will transition to the mobile platform. Um, I was concerned at first about the whole idea of doing that, but you know, Animal Crossing doesn't really lend itself to a stamina system at all. Yeah, I, I can't really think of anything other than maybe timers for pulling things like out of the ground or, or like fishing or whatever i don't know i would have to imagine sense. they take the mario run uh, route for the animal, yeah. animal crossing 
I agree. Yeah. I think that'd be best just a down payment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, uh, just that's all I've been playing lately. I'm trying to think if there's anything else for Fire Emblem Heroes. I don't think so. That drops up my initial thoughts on it. It's been barely out. We still have a long road ahead. So who knows what? Still got a bit of time, but you you are planning on streaming the whole thing, right? Of, of Berseria, uh, Berseria yeah. Uh, Fire Emblem Heroes stream? I, I don't know about <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Like, watch me spend an hour deleting my account and rerolling uh, constantly. Uh, yeah, exactly. That, 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 that'll be the I stream. Just plug. I have literally seen a stream <laughs> that's just that. I'm not kidding. I saw somebody run a stream where he was like, watch me roll for a good account. <laughs> Fuck off. That should, that's it. That should be like my, my weird extra life thing this year. I'll just participate. It'll be 24 hours of rerolling. Or, I mean, that'd be, uh, either, if you're talking about Street 24 hours, that'd be crazy, but, like, if you came back once an hour and just tried to re-roll again and fail on to move into a different game, that'd be pretty hilarious, too. <laughs> so, great. Uh, so, Berseria and Fire Emblem Heroes, is there anything on, in the, uh, on the horizon that you plan on playing? I will, may pick up uh, a game that you've been playing. Ah, uh, Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go yeah. and transition right into that? Yeah, yeah I've been, go for it. I've been, yeah, I've been playing a lot of uh, Neo. Um, mm-hmm. It's a game that, just like you, uh, played all the demos as they came out and gradually witnessed how crazy, improved, and refined the game became over the course of just you know a few months now and then until all three demos were out and able to see just how far they came from what that originally was. Thanks a lot. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they can thank a lot to the, to the, to the audience, to their fans for giving all that feedback because the end product, now that, I mean, reviews are out, my review is going to be up <clears throat> either probably tomorrow as of this recording, uh, Sunday, uh, cause I've already finished the review and it's nice. just, yeah. Um, man, that game, uh, Tell me about it. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, what I put in the, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, pass. Like, I'm not going to tell you what score I gave it, but right. it is one of the best games I've ever played. Wow. I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's, it's. I've had an insane amount of fun playing that game because, of course, a lot of people are going to say that it's just you know a rip off of Dark Souls or something like that. Like trying to put it in that same crowd as say like Lords of the Fallen. As someone who reviewed Lords of the Fallen and beat it recently, uh, I can't say I can say that that couldn't be farther from the truth, because while it does, of course, take a lot of the inspiration from the Soul series, that same foundation, um, it takes all those great things and greatly expands upon it. So you still got that, you know, a, a lot of the, the things that the Soul series was known for. You're talking about like you know the map design, uh, uh, the resources managing your resources and uh um what's it what's it called when you're uh, i'm blanking on on this moment it's it's uh the uh encumbrance that's what i'm thinking of the encumbrance of your armor uh and what you wear and the the uh the consequences for when you die those things of course all taken from the soul series but the thing about neo is that it is a far more um aggressive game in terms of the combat is a lot faster uh, and it's way more in depth and the game spends almost like at every corner, the game is pushing you and pushing you and pushing you while also trying to make you spend as much time in this game as you possibly can. It, it really wants you to play this game. Like it, it, it does all these different things to, 
keep your attention completely on it uh, on itself so you're talking about like there's there's just so much stuff to do in this game it's kind of nuts so some of the things that they uh i'm gonna i'm gonna assume some people out there are listening to this have played one of the demos uh one of the things that they added that was not in the uh demos is what's called the prestige system so the prestige system is sort of like uh in-game achievements and what that does is that say so so for example one of the um achievements is say uh and this isn't tied to trophies it's just its own separate thing uh kill 50 enemies kill 50 humans excuse me because there's human human characters in yokai uh the demons of course uh kill 50 humans with a spear what that does is give you a prestige point you go to the prestige menu and what it does is presents you with like four i believe random passive benefits bonuses so for example one can be um, increase your onmyo magical power the onmyo is the the magic in the game so increases its effectiveness another is increases uh drop rate it can be all these different things and so you can spend your point on one of these things and what that does it gets rid of that benefit entirely adds a totally other random one in its place so no matter it's like gambling a little bit no matter what you're gonna have like four random ones that just sort of show up so uh you can you uh, i mean one will be ran one will be removed and replaced but the other ones will still be there so you can constantly just be you know focusing on what you have before you so that's That's a pretty nice incentive to like do those uh like quote-unquote in-game achievements because the I'd, I'd rather have that uh, have a tangible benefit over just, you know, take a screenshot. It's like, hey, I've done this, you know, instead of <laughs> not really affecting the way I play the game and whatnot. It's like, yeah, I did it. So what? Exactly. That, that's that's one of the cool things about that. And then you've also got like the other things that were in, in the demo, such as the uh, the proficiency system. The more you use a weapon, um, uh, the higher it, your proficiency with that weapon can be. And also it, it unlocks skill points that you can use to go to the uh, skill tree that's in the game, which is insanely deep. I'm sure you, you, I mean, you already know this. Uh, yeah, I played a bit of the alpha. Did, I forgot if, if they changed how the way it handled like equipment from the alpha to the beta. Because I remember in the yes. alpha, there was like, a crap load of like equipment drops and whatnot. It kind of just... <laughs> no, uh, there's still it, a ton of those. Of... That's, okay. It's, there's still... A, even if they did adjust it, um, there's still an insane amount of loot to pick up. And all okay. color-coded... Color uh, for people like me who are addicted to those types of games, so it's kind of like Diablo in a sense, uh, in that it's got it's got a huge amount of weapons and and armor and accessories to pick up. What's and... your preferred uh, weapon set? I'm sorry. What's your preferred weapon set? Weapon set. So that's the thing is that the way the game starts off, it actually asks you what your preferred weapon is and oh, okay. what your guardian spirit is. So in this case, I chose spear because I found out over the course of the beta uh, and the alpha that the spear can be pretty damn powerful um, especially one of the things it's got it's i think it's called entangle uh what you do is that you're in i believe it's uh forget if it's high stance or mid stance so the three stances high medium and low that adjusts the amount of your attack power high is the highest attack medium is the go between low is the lowest amount of damage but it speeds it up um so you know the amount of stamina you use uh, goes up accordingly any case um it asks you what weapon you want to start off with and that's the weapon that it just gives you so you've got your most proficiency in that weapon right off the bat so i chose spear uh and what the uh to mention the entangle skill what that does is that um when you're guarding if you hit triangle it like 
sweeps the legs of your enemy <laughs> and so they just fall over and you can stab them so you can keep doing that and get them into like a, a like a stun lock almost <laughs> and so i did that with one of the quote-unquote hardest bosses of the beta and i beat him like in a minute it was so easy because wow. <laughs> if you time it just right he starts to stand up trip him stab gets up trip him stab oh, <laughs> so like I, I, I had enough stamina that i was just i just did it over and over and um when you do when you do that stab in motion it's kind of like dark souls in the backstab uh I, I don't know if there's like a ground stab in the game like like this one does in the souls games i mean but yeah i was just doing huge amounts of damage and i just wiped him out so that's what i did and the guardian spirit in the demos, uh, you got to pretty much choose between a, a bunch of them, and you can switch them around any time. In the story, in the actual final game in Neo, you choose one, and then you have to go through the course of the game unlocking the others. Uh, kind of like when you had to defeat bosses to unlock some special ones, but in this game, it's that you're stuck with one until you start to like uh, collect the others. So that's something you have to kind of... You know, stick to uh, or or be comfortable with your decision right off the bat. Of course, with the weapons, you're going to lock. You're going to get a bunch of weapons right off the bat, so you don't have to really concern yourself with what weapon you choose at the start of the game. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, there's a lot of other stuff too. Like one of the uh, other things that they added is the uh, clan battles. So Ooh. the clan battles, uh, you can join a clan in this game and. By performing different actions, it's all kind of random stuff to uh, what you do. You earn points that goes towards your clan and in return provides stat and skill bonuses along with new uh, costumes and new uh, gestures that you can do. So if you hit like the touchpad in the game, it, oh, actually I think it's the options button, you can do a different uh, different gestures to, your, to whoever. So it's kind of like so, the covenants um, in Souls games, just very lightly. Exactly, yeah, kind of like okay. that. Uh, and so it's... Um, it's it's been an amazing experience with that game, and you know I can't say enough good things about it. I had a really hard time finding anything not to like about it, just because. Tell, tell me a little bit about the story, just just about the premise of it, like what oh, sure. Mister Neo William, I think. Yeah, it's William Whoa. Adams, the, the uh-huh. who actually is a part of history. And so, if you've ever seen like the Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, that's that's him. Uh, it's so, Tom Cruise. Or, you're playing no, Tom Cruise. No, it's actually okay. It's it's not. I don't think it's. I don't think that's him. But it's it's kind of like that same thing where it's like it's a white dude in, in the Japanese lands. So the story is set uh, in the Sengoku era, like the 1600s, pretty much um, the late period of that. So it's all about the Queen of England really wants the Philosopher's Stone. So it's it's got that kind of story set up to it. It's not entirely new or original uh, in that sense um but you know it's when she goes when the when the queen of england when they go to war against spain and so there's all this going on but in the back in the shadows the way i put it in the review um the there's these people talking about this mysterious energy called the amrita which in this game is the souls uh like in Dark Souls, Souls helps you level up. So in this game, it's like this mysterious power that is supposed to grant the person who wields it uh, a lot of influence and power. And so that's what's going on. And so what they find out is that, so the British, there's like a couple soldiers that William comes across when he's escaping the early, like the prologue of the game. They talk about, they're they're talking about this weird, uh, this weird power. And soon enough, you're going to meet this person named, um, Edward Kelly, 
which has been in some of the promotional stuff for this game. They just recently put out like a cutscene with him in it. He's like an occultist, and you're going to find out he is kind of the uh, the mas- he he's working from the shadows. He's kind of like the um, uh, the puppet master, and so he's he's mm. trying to uh, you know in, uh, manipulate both sides of this because the whole setup of the game too is also that there's like in Japan anyway. There's these uh, two clans, the Tokugawa and the Shida clans, which is once again part of that, you know, Sengoku history. So that's what's cool about this game is that over the course of the game itself, you're going to meet a lot of like these historical figures um, that played a big part or uh, that played a part of that era. And so you've got like, you know, Hanzo Hattori, you get to meet him. Uh, Tokugawa oh, yeah. Iyasu, you, you get to meet him as well. And there's all these other different people that that show up. And so... <laughs> I guess it's for me really he was awesome. playing like the Samurai Warriors series it's like oh I remember him I used him a lot <laughs> in Samurai Warriors 4 but that's that's kind of like what it is but um, to be honest it's that the story isn't that important in this game um, in fact at times it's it's not always completely coherent what's happening like some of the transitions are like oh okay whatever um, but that isn't really a problem in my eyes because since the combat and the content and the gameplay is so damn good, it kind of just lifts everything up with it mm. that I, I had, I, I, even if there was, um, some piecing issues with the story, I actually had no problem with that. So, and that's weird coming from me who's put story on a pedestal. Right. Uh, I didn't have as much issue with it. So that's sweet. I'm really looking forward to Neo. That sounds very promising and I'm glad that, you know, they're all, Koei Tecmo's own take on like this kind of Souls formula kind of expands it in in a different direction that it's familiar, yet you can tackle it in other different ways. Like, you don't have to go with like the slow and steady approach. You can like, I hear you can like tackle like in a very Ninja Gaiden-esque way as well, even on Amusha. It's, it's cool that like this very welcoming to a variety of play styles. Absolutely. And Team Ninja, this is easily one of the best games they've made. I would say it's it's yeah it's it's not so much souls like it's definitely got that more ninja gaiden feel like ninja gaiden black um mm. so it feels like a successor to that more than anything and so um and you also got like you know cooperative place so you can play with a friend and play through all the missions with them so yeah there's like there's like all this stuff that's happening actually i would argue that neo is just as good if not better than the souls game so Ooh. obviously it'll be down to personal opinion um for that but you know i just feel like there's an overwhelming amount of content to be had here and you know you can easily find yourself playing maybe like 60 80 maybe in 100 hours just to beat wow. the main games there's just so much stuff to do here so and and a tons of bots like a lot of bosses twilight missions which are kind of like you know the sort of nightmare difficulty of the stages that you get to play and then or you can join someone random person's game and just help them out when they when they need it it's just there's just so much stuff going on and i can't recommend it enough for people and so you know stay tuned for my review but you know if you hear this you, you know it's going to be over, a pretty damn positive uh, review so very cool yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty excited to let you guys read that but that that's that's pretty much all i've been playing other than you know did my reviews for um i'm blanking already atlio shally plus and criminal girls invite only you can see those on the site but i won't talk about those but Adam, capping this off for this segment, you have been playing some Disgaea 2 on PC. Right. 
How have, you, how have you been liking it so far? As someone who, like me who played the PlayStation 2 version, I... Is this the first time you've been playing Disgaea 2? Yeah, so I've, I've always been a pretty big fan of strategy RPGs, but somehow, like, Disgaea had always slipped by me. <laughs> and I had always meant to play them, but I just kind of never got around to it. And then Nisa, back in, like, late 2015, announced that the original Disgaea was going to make it to PC. This kind of basically seemed like the perfect opportunity to jump in. Yeah. Because these, these ports include basically... All the editions from like the all the Disgaea games except for five basically had like an original release and then a re-release either on PSP or PS Vita depending on when it came out um, with extra bonuses and things like that. Um, so these these PC ports basically include everything for these releases and of course have um, updated visuals and all that stuff. So it seemed like a perfect place to jump in. Um, in general, Disgaea kind of has this like. It has this distinct looseness to them um, that really allow you to be really flexible in how you like build your characters in your party and how you equip them, how you can... There's this mentor, kind of mentor-student type system where you can uh, basically transfer skills over from one unit to the next. And so there's a lot of flexibility in how you can build your classes. And that's kind of like this feeling I haven't really gotten in other... Um, SRPGs, while even if they have like like a job system and you can kind of mix and match jobs and things like that, I yeah. still feel like they're a little bit more bound to a little bit more rigidity than what Disgaea has. It's just so darn loose in what you can do. On the flip side, that kind of makes these games pretty easy to like break in terms of their difficulty. <laughs> That's the fun thing. You get like nine 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 nines, of course, this ways. You like you find like some combination like oh you can get this equipment if you do this. If you do this world, you throw these enemies on top of each other and you make them a super high level enemy. Then you put it to sleep and then you poison it. And then you can basically get like a ton of experience in a very, very short amount of time. And like there's this guy 2 specifically introduces a dark world element, which is uh, without going too much into detail. Basically, you can replay maps only there with much, much higher end level enemies. But if you can manage to basically eke one out, eke a victory out. You can like have a character go from like level one to level forty in no time at all. Uh, so it's, and I know that's that's only tip of the iceberg what levels you can get in the Disgaea, but for like just like the main game story purposes, you can like really bust it open in terms of uh, your character strength and damage output and things like that. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's kind of like yes, you're breaking the difficulty of the game. You almost, it's almost like you you're kind of ruining the challenge because there's if you take on some of these exploits, they're not like cheats or anything, but just you kind of break the system. You don't really, you really don't have any challenge left, but on the other hand, it's really satisfying to kind of to, to power up your characters and make them ridiculously uh, ridiculous. Um, so it's, it's, that's something like other SRPGs don't really allow you to do. You kind of have to spend the time, more time and uh, more traditional ways of getting new equipment, getting new skills and powering up and things like that, where this guy just allows you to, basically do these things so i beat the main story now i don't really know what the general consensus on of this game was when it released but i was really disappointed in the story elements of this game i think uh, like i think we, we talked about this before and that i think i guess that that was my opinion too was just i mean or at least that was my perception was that yeah the story wasn't well received compared to the first one but uh the gameplay definitely approved I, that's what I. Talking about the story briefly, 
it's not like mind-numbingly awful. It's not like I'm cursing at the characters, like "Why are you stupid?" or anything like that. <laughs> or like, they're, no. it, like they're, 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 the characters in, are like believable enough, and like it, there's nothing. Idea. It's nothing like it's, there's nothing like illogical about like the the story flow or anything. But it just seems so by the numbers, so typical, cliche, bare bones. It's just like significant. Yeah, like it's. But the thing is, is like there's plenty of dialogue and character interaction, but it kind of just feels like they're just going through the motions. It it like there's nothing interesting about it. It's just so plain and boring, and it's also very predictable. Like there's these things that they kind of uh, they kind of foreshadow as like this is going to be a big reveal, and then like wait that that was obvious. You're acting like this is a like a big <laughs> twist when it's like that was so plain and like in my face, and it was just I don't know. It just just so boring and I really don't have much to say on it. And I also feel like, I almost feel like nothing happened despite there being quite a bit of dialogue, just blah. But um, the gameplay itself, both, both internally, it kind of like the actual mechanics within the game kind of refined some of the things that the original guy had um, in terms of like the classes and the characters. And it just seems to be a little bit more streamlined Um but also the PC port, the original PC port of Disgaea, um, it added a couple of options to it, like depth of field and screen blurring and yeah, uh, like the and port. shadow ambient inclusion and things like that. And they worked, I guess, but they they almost made the game look worse to me. Like hmm. it it didn't really improve how it looked. Like having like depth of field on a isometric SRPG, it just kind of looked awkward. Or you had characters it is that, odd. So actually, this port from Nisa basically removed a bunch of those additional toggles. Like they're just not even there anymore. It's more of a oh. straightforward port. Which honestly, it's to me, it's like, well, that's fine because I didn't really care how those looked anyway. But if you're looking to like really have like really high end, like visual toggles and upgrades and things like that, it's not going to have those. That is super weird. Like just. T- taking out those options like even if people yeah like, I, I, I checked them. like if i want to list them off i think the original game had the original game had sh- the one that's probably the most weird addition that i didn't think looked that bad was shadows like you had like upgraded shadows and th- the right. second port does not have any options for shadows it had ambient occlusion which the first game i didn't really care how it looked it, it kind of made it look it's hard to explain in words but yeah it that it had like edge of screen blurring and depth of field, which kind of had like a similar effect, but there's two different toggles. Um, and so like all of those are gone. This port, all it has is a uh, vertical sync, which I turned on. And you know, uh, now that you mentioned that, I'm, I'm sorry to, uh, I just that I reviewed criminal girls on steam recently. And I, that's the same thing that happened. Uh, it's that the only thing you could change is yeah. Vertical sync. The scaling, I think, there was like pillar box or stretch scaling, and the resolution, and that's it. Yeah, this game had had basically the vertical sync, which is fine, and also had two different types of character filters, which basically take the sprites and like smooth them out. Oh, ugh. And smooth and, I, ugh. yeah, I just don't like how either of them look. So I just I thought the I just thought the sprites looked a bit sharper if you turn the filters off. And yes, you can see that they're definitely they're sprites and they're playing at much higher resolution than they were probably ever intended to be played at originally. But I just it looked pre- I preferred that to these like smooth like Vaseline. It's like, it's sprites. the Final Fantasy mobile versions designed yeah. with smooth smooth yeah. smooth sprites, yeah. Like, but like so like the port itself, 
the original Disgaea, I actually didn't have many issues with it, although I know some people had some issues with like stuttering and things. Yeah. It, it seemed to be very uh it seemed to be very system dependent and also I looked like if I remember correctly there was some issue with like if you had like the beta version of the Steam client, it actually caused some issues and I did not, so I didn't run into those. Um but this version right off the bat is a little bit smoother. Um one thing is I played with controller just these SRPGs, like using the mouse to click and point, just seems a little bit too cumbersome to me. I used a controller. In the original Disgaea, I think they, I think they fixed this now, but at the time, the the buttons were just like generic input buttons, like button one, button two, button three, and it kind of made it yeah. confusing. Like, how do I actually control these things? Where now they, they natively, at least with the Xbox 360 controller, they detect. The, that input so it knows like press x press rt and all that so yeah. it's kind of a small thing you know how to you can go through the configuration and know like what these buttons are actually referring to but it just seems to run a little bit smoother in general um and i played it on two different systems i played it on a gaming pc and on a laptop these are low requirement games so it's you know it doesn't require much to play these um so it's perfect really a perfect opportunity if you haven't played this guy you don't need a crazy super system to play these versions no that's um, that's definitely not the same with the criminal goals yeah in terms of resolution um it just had several different resolutions that you could choose from um i don't know if it's totally arbitrary but it had you know the normal 1080p uh 720p i don't know if it goes up to 4k if you have 4k on option but um it has several different ones to choose from i actually played on a 16 by 10 monitor and i could do and it had options for that too so it, it has some non-typical aspect ratios as included so it's more of a basic pork but it's it's more than functional um i didn't have any stuttering issues or things like that it does the job yeah so that's, it, that's it, the it, same it's, feeling i got yeah so i like that that's and for me that's perfectly acceptable it's it's it works it's you don't need anything super fancy like additional like sparkles on this game it just it works so well, not sparkles uh that's the that's the thing when i play like for example when i played owl boy the cool thing about that game is that not too long ago of course they added dualshock 4 support to steam and so when i plugged in my dualshock 4 it actually recognized the inputs as in it displayed it the scheme on the screen itself so like you know cross square triangle circle so that was pretty awesome um i'm having i had that same issue uh the issue that you were describing with all the things you're talking about is can be posted with like Criminal Girls invite only on Steam as well, and that it only recognizes the Xbox controller. But even then, it has like weird colors, like it's purple, like all the buttons are purple, and I don't know why. <laughs> like it just is like the L button. It's I don't know. It, it's it was really aesthetic. weird. I kind of hope that uh, Nice America eventually, you know, patches in support for the schematic of the DualShock Four. Just because that, that'd be co- kind of cool to have uh, for those of us who do use that. I forgot was Nice America the one between uh, behind the new Tokyo Legacy games? I for Tokyo Legacy, uh, the, uh, the, the the experience dungeon crawlers. Are you talking about Operation? They're, they're, op- they're Operation. operation. Yeah. It's yeah. like New Tokyo, New Tokyo. It's Operation Abyss and Operation Right uh, Babel, and like New, new Tokyo, Tokyo Legacy, Legacy is definitely the name. I'm sorry, you got it right. Yeah. Were they the publishers for that? Nisa nice. was, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's many like PC ports of them. So that's the next, I guess, glance we'll have on what options like, they'll have for them. Uh, and also, um, they haven't really said anything, but I know like there's other Nisa games like like Makai Kingdom that are 
you know, people think. Oh God, I hope so. That'd be so awesome. I'm bummed out ever since they canceled the sequel. (laughs) I would love to see that come to PC for sure. I need to still play Phantom Brave, and I know it gets really. It's been really well received, and we actually had Liz reviewed it for us, and she really, really liked it. Um, That that was like it's kind of like a slightly different take on Disgaea, Um, not Disgaea, but. I've heard it does some really kind of interesting things that actually no other. It's it's kind of like SRPG, but rather than doing like a grid system, it's more like these like 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 range ovals that your characters can like move in a position. Like it's almost like a Valkyria Chronicles only in two D SRPG type of style. So I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah, and you know once they get up to like the great thing is that after Disgaea two, there's like this Disgaea three is incredible with the story with got like Vic Monona as the main voice actor so you've got <laughs> Ed from Full Metal Alchemist himself I mean even acts like him it's I mean that's actually all of his roles are kind of just Ed from Ed Full Metal Alchemist um and Disgaea 4 arguably the best that series has ever been and Disgaea 5 which in my personal opinion is the best that series has ever been but I think Disgaea 4 and 5 kind of duke it out amongst each other and so and that's got Troy Baker in for talking about sardines. So that's you got a lot to look forward to, Adam. That's what I'm. That's all I'm going to say when they eventually do announce those ports. And we should also mention, I think it's February seventeenth is uh, Nice America's annual press event, and so we might be hearing about the Sky Three PC port um, at that time because you know that's kind of what they did is just they announced the first one and they came around and said the second one's well, coming. Well, I, I think actually both of the Disgaea ports were announced. May they might have like like mentioned them at their press conference or whatever or um i think kind of, kind of came out of nowhere didn't it like i like, think both the announcements were kind of not announced at that little press event right yeah uh, that's now to think about it but you know that that, Dis- that would Disgaea, be the place. Disgaea 2 <laughs> was announced last august so less than a year before it released which is pretty typical for steam port phantom brave was announced in may randomly um yeah. i think Maybe, and then the original uh, the original Disgaea was announced oh no the original Disgaea i think PC was yeah. okay, so the first one was. So I think maybe they'll announce uh, Makai Kingdom. I mean, I'm also expecting them to announce the new Danganronpa V3 uh, release date and maybe the Danganronpa VR game. But on that, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that that Cladun that Cladun game. Well, um, they announced the new Cladun game. Already. Well, they already or did. There was that other game. Maybe Josh a, can back me up on this. I know. I know. Nice America has or Nice Nice Nipponichi in Japan. They have a dungeon crawler that released on Vita. They also have like. I don't know anything about this game, but I've seen it a few times. It's like Princess's Money Hungry Game. That's literally what I was that's, about to mention. Yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking about. I don't know about. anything Thank about you. it. It's got an interesting title, I guess. <laughs> it looks so. It's, it reminds me of that Warrior game for the Wii with the money, because it, it's like it's there's money all over the place. You basically gather huge bags of coins and all this stuff. It's it's it goes really deep into it. It goes over the top like Disguise does. With is there like a, like an in-game calculator in that game? Yeah. Like that's part of hard. <laughs> it's, it's really cool. <laughs> okay, that's really funny. Yeah. yeah. It should be really good, but I I'm also kind of hoping that um they also yeah I'm I guess they did announce all those games so far that we've heard from Nipponichi have all been announced for localization pretty much except for the ones that you just talked about so like that uh I forget what that game I'm gonna keep saying I uh, forget but that other game where it's it's kind of like Yomurari or uh, Firefly Diary that Ro- there's game. Rose of Twilight yeah, oh yeah that was announced too well, the- so mm-hmm. no nothing else that I can really think about except for what we're probably going to expect is just a lot of PC ports. Okay with that. Them and Idea Factory. Both of them are doing that. So you've just been playing a lot of disguise. Anything else you're looking forward to playing soon? 
I still need to finish. Now that I, I, I need to write up a review for this guy on our site. Of course. But then I, I, I need to finish Final Fantasy 15. I've been stuck on like chapter eight for a long time. Just you just wait for the port, or wait for, not the port, the wait port. for the patch. <laughs> PC port. I don't yeah, have or, a, I don't or have the a, PC port. I don't have a PlayStation Pro, so the Pro stuff I don't need or what care about. What about the about story or, stuff though? But like we, yeah, uh, I'll I, just pause at chapter twelve. Is, is yeah. this kind of? Is this kind of? Like I, I almost want to experience chapter thirteen as it is. Like, what are people like? What is a big deal? Man, I, I feel like you should just do chapter thirteen before they patch it. I, no, I, what I, you, I what you need to do it, is that so instead of what we're supposed to do, this is what I've heard is that instead of watching that, instead of watching the last like couple episodes, you're supposed to just go straight into the movies. That's what I told, and it's so because it, the ending is. I'm making an Evangelion joke. Oh, <laughs> you're supposed to you're supposed to skip. Oh, that so part. I was like, movie. The movie is a prequel. What are you talking about? <laughs> you're supposed to watch the much. end of Final Fantasy 15, the movie. That's all you're supposed to do. I wonder if someone should make that. <laughs> I would like honestly, if 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 it's supposed to be that Final Fantasy 15 ran out of budget and that's why the ending didn't do so, it wasn't so great. Then you can really see that comparison there with the Evangelion. The final hour should have just been a black screen with all text, yeah. and that's it. Oh my gosh. Or Xenogears just straight up sitting in a chair talking about the rest of the story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of Final Fantasy XV and upgrading yep. patches. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so basically, of... Square Enix had their uh, Final Fantasy 30th anniversary um, basically fan gathering presentation event thing. Um, the actual 30th anniversary is later in the year, but it's, it is this year. Um, it wasn't live streamed. It wasn't like any, anything like that. And most of the announcements were kind of these fun, non-gaming little extra things like like Final Fantasy food, Final Fantasy Like the ultimate wine. weapon, big-ass fork? Yeah. There's a, oh, yeah, <laughs> there's the cup noodles, like and the, yeah, the cup noodle things you can buy with an Ultima weapon fork, right? Yeah. Uh, there's, like, uh, there's a fashion and things like that. One thing that's pretty cool um, is there's going to be an escape room type event, and that's also... Yeah. Like, oh, the FF14 one. That's right. Yeah. Not, yeah. So this not all just Final Fantasy 15, of course, but there's going to be a Final Fantasy 14 escape room, and they, they've already confirmed that that will be in the U.S. somewhere. I don't remember the details. It's like right Los now. Angeles. It's going to be this yeah. summer in Los it, Angeles. It listed one of the places eight in San Diego. Yeah, it's like New York, Chicago, I think. So, and I know eight cities, of, but no dates. And I know a lot oh. of Final Fantasy 14 fans are, of course, really excited for that. And apparently, it's it's based off the Coil of Bahamut, which is like a dungeon in Final Fantasy 14, which I know is well liked, um, or I think is well liked. So yes, that's pretty cool. <laughs> make this. Um, I, I've seen some. I've seen some people get a little bit frustrated, I guess, at the lower levels of that dungeon, which of course it's when they can be. That's going to be the whole escape room. So coincidentally enough, people are going to be super frustrated with this. I just don't know how it really like how that applies to an escape room. But Aaron was just saying, you know, maybe we'll just do a bunch of uh, <laughs> like these little activities, these puzzles to unlock the doors or whatever to get to the to get to Bahamut. That's about all I could think of, right? Because we did that Zero Escape one, and so that made more sense. Yeah, before you three. We're all going to get assigned classes, okay? I'll be the Dragoon, I'll activate Jump, and then I'll die. I'll just play White Mage, and then I'll I'll have everyone get killed before I die myself. That's just how it'll play. Damn, escaped. So speaking of Final Fantasy XV... Um, you just said that. The, you can't do that transition twice. Well, we were talking about <laughs> 14, so going back to 15. <laughs> um, they basically announced that the PS4 Pro patch, which will come in February, will have a 60 FPS basically maximum frame rate. Like it's not not promising that it's going to be a locked 
60 FPS smooth frame rate, but that'll be the uh, the uh, the cap basically, of it. Right on the on the PS4. It's a variable rate that ma- 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 that caps off at sixty. Is that what it is? It basically will awful. go up to sixty, but there might be dips if there's you know a bunch that of enemies. Sounds, on that sounds people. awful. Yeah. I hate that when that happens. It depends how bad the dip is. I the mean, dips, yeah. like even like a few frames, are really noticeable. Well, and I hate that, but that's just. I only I only have the PS the regular PS4, which it's at thirty frames per second, and it yeah. even the, on the regular PS4 it dips sometimes from that. Not all too often, but a couple sometimes. Um, so hopefully it's just an improvement anyways. I don't see what the, first. I'm sorry, I just don't yeah. see the real, like, how, how this is a positive that it dips from 60. I want it to be locked at 60 and not move well, that's, the, that's the hope, but, you know. Yeah. Hardware, They've also, they're sucks. also going to raise, right, right now the level cap is 99. They're raising it to 120. There's going to be more photos. Oh, uh, yes. you, can be, you can be level 120 before you leave Chapter 3 on your replay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really be dedicated to that and, not, and get caught up with other games you have to cover. You know, that's how it will be. And obviously, some of these, and obviously some of these aren't going to be PS4 Pro limited, obviously just the performance ones. Yeah. Um, more, for more like substantial DLC, they announced that on March 28th, that's when you'll get to play episode Gladiolus and figure out what the heck he was doing during that time in the game. He just decided, oh, I'm going to leave it by. So, yeah, that was um, a really confusing thing. So they're going to the fill in that confusing. gap. <laughs> and the only thing we really know about that DLC is that core leonis makes an appearance in it he's the kind of the uh the, i don't even know what his position was he's like, kind of the like guy a, who shows uh, you the first he shows you the first of the of the weapons um part, part of regis's weapons. like joint group yeah. back then and then also apparently gilgamesh everyone knows gilgamesh makes an appearance in this dlc so yeah, you know there's, so. there's not a whole lot coming out in april so i might pick up 15 at that point and play it when they got that patch out that might be a and good then also time. on that same day they're supposedly going to do the improvement for chapter 13 um whatever that may be that's that's kind of why I'm, i might wait just because yeah like april march is insane february is insane of course but april there's not much until like the end of the month really well there's so. persona yeah, Persona yeah oh, of course, Persona. I'm sorry, I just meant like yeah, Persona. There's Persona Five, and Persona is then... early in the month. I forget. There's like it's there's apparently like a, a pretty long game. Yeah, go it's figure. Right? That's. I mean, I'm fully expecting it to be like 80 hours at least. Otherwise, uh, from my list, the only other game RPG type game, anyways, that comes out in April is Dragon Quest Heroes Two. That's yeah, the April 25th so, or something like that, like super late. Yeah, 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 and it's. Of course, for others like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I guess is the other one. But that's that's if you get a Switch. But yeah, you know that's that would be cool to have if you're a Switch owner. And I might become one. I don't know. We'll see. But that's that is yeah. That's really about it. And then May, of course, other games. But yeah, not a whole lot and in April. So, concluding Final Fantasy 15 episode prompto comes out in June. We don't know anything about it. What if they release the patch on April fourth for Final Fantasy fifteen? <laughs> I just like, oh, I'm sure they'll buy our game instead of Persona it is, Five. It is kind of <laughs> awkward that like Final Fantasy fifteen is a single player game, um, and they're kind of like treating it like this live game. Oh, there's that online mode coming later, though, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. But like, like currently, right now, there's like an event going on in Altissa with like the Moogles and the Chocobos, and you can get like oh, Chocobo Festival. Yeah, it's a timed event like too, right? It's it's very very it much goes a, into, the games as a service model. It, go, it goes <laughs> into it goes into like it's it's going on ongoing right now and until like February twentieth. So I it's hate like a that. Limited... I think that's awful. I don't know about it, you that, guys. It's it's so awkward. It, it feels like something you find in an MMO, but this is in like a just 
an open world game. The, the only good thing about that is like you can put a sombrero and knock this. Yeah, you can give them some really silly outfits. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it comes down to like how frequently that's going to be. If it's going to just be an annual thing, like no, I'm not going to like come here in 2018 and play that just for that. It's like just keep it there. I just want to experience and, and it when they I even want to. They even mentioned like. I don't even know if this is like set in stone or just thinking about it, but like making your own like character, like a character creator. Like, oh yeah, they were talking about that. Kind of thing. God, it's just, it's just so weird. Like, oh. I really don't know what they're thinking anymore. It's just it's one of those things. Like, you just hear about it once in a while, and you just nod your head, like, "All right, I guess." Whatever you want to do, Square Enix. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Whatever makes you happy. <laughs> Pretty much, but you know, but there'll be something in July though. Yeah, what? I think Don't, that's it for. Is that a transition? I, did, yeah, I didn't even catch know. it. Yeah, there'll be something in July. Oh yeah, there's some other game <laughs> in July. Zach, Zach, what? No, Adam already took over what I was going to talk about. I didn't no. know. <laughs> Hostile takeover. <laughs> Final Fantasy XII. Okay. Yes, the Zodiac Age yes. is coming. July. Your favorite 11. game. It's Zach's yeah. favorite game. I love Final Fantasy XII. Not the story. I don't care. The story is whatever, but the game itself is amazing. Yeah, July, that's, okay. July 11th that's, in North so, America and Europe. So just to back it up, yeah, it's that... So yeah, Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, which is the PlayStation 4 remaster of that game, kind of built from scratch, like 10 and 10 2, IHD were, uh, coming uh, to North America and Europe on July 11th. It'll be the first time we received the international version of that game. And so it's got all the... Uh, the, the Zodiac. The, the Zodiac sorry, yeah, the... Uh, international job system international international zodiac job system that's square enix for you and then uh, yeah july 13th in japan but yeah i'm totally with adam on this one it's that for me yeah i've got a huge problem with the story um the way things wrapped up just it was i think they did some really 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 bad things with that story especially towards the end like a lot of things with Balthier and the judges it's i just felt like it fell through completely flat for me and so i i was really bummed out about that but yeah i mean from what i heard about the international zodiac job system it's yeah it's got a bunch of new jobs uh they do a better job with the um I have... Gambit system and the licenses. I hated. I think the license system was fucking stupid, but uh, I think they did a better job here too. That's kind of what I've been hearing. I've heard some mixed things on the on the Zodiac job system. Actually, really? um, Michael from RPG Gamer, RP Gamer, RP um, Gamer. <laughs> yeah, he, he'll always get on your case if you if you say RPG Gamer. That's not correct. It's just RP Gamer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, only that. Yeah. He he he's. We've talked about it, and he said he actually likes the original system better because it's more flexible and what it allows you to do and how you can like change your character, basically their role as you fit. I kind of see both. I can I like from what I know of the Zodiac job system, I can kind of see you where can... the preference might lie. And if you would rather than be like these more set classes or more of these kind of free form um, roles that you can kind of set yourself I know some people don't like it because it's like, well, in the original game, you can just make everybody exactly the same. It's like, well, yeah, you can yeah. Tr- truth want. be told, like IZGS, like I prefer that kind of limiting people to like a certain role. But at the same time, you kind of have to be mindful because there are certain people that don't mesh well with a job. You can completely screw over their growth. That's uh, for the entire game. That's kind of what I I don't like about like the sphere grid and stuff like that, or at least what it's trying to imply, and that it says. Like it's like with thirteen, for example, it's like yeah, you know, if you could totally keep them as a healer, but if you want to, they could be a guardian. It's like no, I'm not going to make Vanilla guardian. Like it's it's that kind of thing where um, I 
have absolutely no urge to change their class to something completely different. I get the like the replayability factor and mixing and matching and having fun with that. It's like the four festa system, you know, just have fun with it and just see what you can do by changing it up. But that doesn't really play too well in a modern context. Like it doesn't it doesn't feel that great. And as you said, Josh, you know, it's it's they they just don't they're not able to handle that type of stuff well. well they can I, get completely I'm just, cramped. I'm just interested in trying it out. Like, yeah. Me too. Like for example, like the audio one, is thing, I, fix, one so. thing I do like about like Bravely, like the Bravely series, um, early Final Fantasy V even, is like you can make any one of your four characters the healer if you want. Like I'll give you, I'll make you the healing class and give you the healing. Equipment. Yeah, like, that's great. I love the job and system. In so that. like, and but then it's so flexible. You can just change them out from that and make them like the black mage or the 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 ninja or whatever. Um, so like I, that type of job system is. Like you have to have you have to pick what jobs you want to use in any particular battle, but you can you're free to flip it whenever you want. Should you use this game, ahead. Final Fantasy XII, Zodiac Age, the or the job system seems, from what I know of it, is a little bit more limiting in terms of like once you pick a class, it's a little bit more you're a little bit more stuck to it. So that's mm-hmm, the yeah. part I'm interested in. And how yeah, does that, work? that sounds like a real pain. And you know, I I, I, did I, I mean, I've heard a bunch of good things about it too. People who prefer it, but I kind of wonder like if. It, if it's because it's something that we don't have, if people always want something we don't have, they just kind of assume that it's. Oh, I, well, I remember when the we got the first got the international version of ten. I'm like, finally, I can fight the dark aeons, and finally, you know, penance and all that, and it really wasn't that great. It was, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's uh, of course there's other benefits too as well. Like I just mentioned, you know, from the technical aspect of it, is that they fixed the audio issues, which you know, twelve notoriously awful. It sounded like they were speaking in a tunnel. It was really bad. Um, so they apparently fixed all that and that's, that'll do wonders for its presentation, but for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree that it's, it's going to be a tough one. And yeah, I mean, people, you can point blame about what happened to Final Fantasy 12 with this development. Like you hear about Va- Vaughn and with Matsuno leaving and all that stuff. But like, yeah, I just, honestly, my favorite part of the game is like, there's a part in the second half where you literally go through basically three large explorable zones with no story happening and that's honestly yeah. probably my, that's honestly probably my favorite part of the game where the story just shuts up and gets out of the way and lets that was play. that was pretty so, good i do agree i remember that part that, that was a pretty good pretty good stance it's just yeah um, it's, it's 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 the trek to arcadia you're going you're going from like right. the main place to arcadia and you have to go through like three different zones on the way there and they're not they're, they're pretty big so that can sometimes if you're kind of like a completionist trying to like explore these zones fully that can take hours so i feel can... i feel a little bad because i like ff12 because if you set up your gambits right you don't really have to pay attention to it you can like do other oh, stuff while it's like itself if you want to if you want to buff up you just like have one character cast cure and then like that'll trigger it and they'll all just you know protect your shell might bravery whatever it is <laughs> yeah. that was that was the thing like with the gamma system I, I didn't like how like you had to wait at a certain point of the game before you unlocked a certain gambit. So like that was Mm -hmm. this weird restriction about being able to control your party members uh, was bizarre in a sense. It was really, it really felt like what they were talking about at the time. It was really trying to emulate Final Fantasy 11. And I didn't, I could just, I just could not get into it, you know, but I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. I can't give that to 10. I just fucking hate 10, but 12, I'm, I'm definitely open-minded about it. I just know that I'm still going to be disappointed with the story and I'll never give over, get over that part, but I'm willing to give it another try just to see as, 
as Brian was talking about, like seeing seeing this something that we didn't get before and being able to experience that. I would I would oh. still be interested in it. Only if twelve had uh, fifteen's technical enhancements of being able to patch in story. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, DLC story. That's that's so weird. It's like it's not the final end of the game. Like, what if it was like Asher's Wrath, and then you so had to, kinda, the only I way you could beat wonder. the game is buying is getting the like the true ending was behind DLC. Yeah. So I kind of wonder, like, when they decided to have Gladiolus kind of like leave off on his own and come back. Now, I haven't beaten the game, but I have that part's I've done that. No, part, they just assumed like, that was okay. That's actually well, like yeah. well, like it doesn't seem to really amount to anything from like no, the, from my perspective like it just happens and then it's like okay that happens so now they're gonna patch in well here's what happened there but is it gonna like really be significant to, like there the are a lot of yeah. things in 15 that don't amount to anything <laughs> that's, yeah, it's, that's gonna, it's gonna be hard for it to be consequential we talked about this when we're talking about the mankind divided dlc when after that dlc event <laughs> yeah. happens the rest of the story unless unless they patch in more scenes in the main part after it it's not going to reference whatever happens it's not going to be important it's not going to be it's just going to be kind of a, a side story it's hard to say yeah. if i mean it does i think i think the i think it it is true that they thought that the ending was just fine and they just didn't realize it but the other part of me just thinks that yeah it came in way too hot and so they decided to go ahead and just fix that so like they could they couldn't finish it in time so they just decided to put out what they could and said you know we'll fix it later don't worry maybe they'll like it this way we'll see uh, i'll i would like to accept the, the gladio dlc if like there's like a cup of noodle like side quest again for him and i make fun of like, cup maybe, noodles, maybe, but i've got like about the... five of those right next to me so maybe i'm part of the problem <laughs> like maybe that's like the reason like he like like encounters gilgamesh and fights and is like hey you fucking stole my cup noodle i want it back oh did you I okay, so I listened to the A4 Play podcast, and at the end of one of their podcasts, because I haven't played 15, of course, I don't own it. They played the audio that that they used that they they had when you were doing that side mission for the cup noodles. Oh yes, <laughs> Gladiolus, he really tries to sell <laughs> the cup noodles like this it's delicious, a really good scene. fresh <laughs> shrimp and all this. It's it was so bad, like it's oh. freshly picked. It was. Go beyond perfection or whatever. Oh, yeah. I I just cannot believe that's it. That was one they, of the few wonderful scenes that that gave you. Unintentionally hilarious. At a, at a, at a, from, a, from a certain point, though, I think that's I think that's really funny. I think that the way that they leaned into it, I, I can kind of, I'm kind of into that. So Yeah, it was like, it was like very, like, cammy <laughs> in a very endearing yeah. It's I mean, of course it's going to break the immersion, but once it's, it's an also an open world game, so pretty much anything's going to break the immersion regardless, yeah. so... It's, it's hilarious that sense but yeah that's that was so final fantasy 12 once again zodiac age coming in july um that's kind of been like the only that's like the only july game i can think about because june of course we've got like final fantasy 14 stormblood and something else I'm, I'm blanking at this point but the other the other thing they also announced during the final fantasy 30th anniversary event was um a visual of oh, final fantasy 7 remake which is just cloud in front of uh the shinra uh, in front of shinra with a giant i like to think that this is actually an in-game asset it's a giant sephiroth with his ween <laughs> like what if he's actually a boss just like a gigantic sephiroth <laughs> that's oh my God. that's it was so that's all we got and they didn't really mention else with that at the time yeah, the, but then, the then it came out thing, sorry yeah they announced the only, later yeah the only other thing they had like uh like final fantasy 7 remake related uh, was the 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 Kingdom Hearts Twitter like uh, showed like a screenshot like that 
like paid like yeah. homage to like FF7 and just like the cover of FF7 except it's Sora with a keyblade standing in front of uh like the same cloud stance on the cover in front of whatever. So not only did we get a new visual for the seven remake, we also got a Kingdom Hearts three visual. So yeah. benefits. Uh, then after that event uh, came, went, uh, details came out afterwards that Mitsunori Takahashi, um, the battle director for Dissidia, uh, the Dissidia series is also working on the battle system uh, with Nomura for Final Fantasy seven remake. So that's I, exciting. It's exciting, but at the same time, like, is it going to be, like, really over the top, like, characters flying around? Like, I don't know. What, they probably... Uh, they did show some of that in the uh, gameplay footage that came out, what was it, like, TGS or something like that. So, it yeah. it seems more down-to-earth in a sense, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm okay with that, just because it's not like 7 was really grounded in reality too much, because... As long as like it's, it's not super floaty like the CEO so. was, like I, I I do like the the general flow that he goes for, but I, I just the city doesn't lend itself well to you know like it's too floaty for me. I mean the arcade one hearts, seems to be yeah. the arcade one seems to be more grounded in a sense, but it I I trust that you know Takahashi will you know d- just get that flow down without going too insane, like always like floating in the air and whatnot. I, w- I wouldn't want that out of FF7. No, it, it, it will remind me too much about Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 15's combat system <laughs> and the way it's presented. And I'd, I'd much rather, uh, and I'm not criticizing 15 since because yeah. I haven't played it, but other than the demo, uh, but I would want it to be its own thing. And the yeah. tiny bit amount of footage that we saw, I don't know if that was Takahashi working on that part, but I am hopeful that they'll still keep it once again, kind of grounded, like literally on the ground <laughs> yeah. and, and see how that's like. Other than, you know, Sid jumping up into the sky with this, with this, with this spear because <laughs> he's a dragon. So <laughs> I actually can't uh, do want to, want to see how that translated to that battle system. Yeah, we'll have to Pretty see cool. about that. I'm looking forward to it. Because, yeah, other than that, all we've got is just a blunt, bunch of Play Arts Kai figures for those characters. So yeah. we haven't really seen anything else. No, no release date, no nothing. Who knows what we're going to see it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I Straight up 2018 or 2019. That seems... I mean, Kingdom Hearts 3 isn't even out, and Nomura's working on that, too. So uh, we'll 20 see. 20XX. 20XX, Mega Man Sal. So other than that, though, we've got some other news that came out recently. How about, Brian, how about you share this next piece? Well, this piece is pretty small. It's <laughs> yeah. uh, a blog post on BioWare's website, which stated, uh, here, let me pull it up. It's about their new IP. It says, we're working hard to finish Mass Effect Andromeda, which obviously comes out in March. We want to take a minute to talk about our new IP. Uh, it's not an RPG, I guess. Or do we know that for sure? Yeah, it came out. It was during that they found out it was not an RPG. Okay, because obviously they've got Mass Effect coming out. The story of Dragon Age is not done. I don't know if anyone's played the Inquisition Trespasser DLC, but it's kind of a very heavy-handed push into Dragon Age 4, hypothetically, whatever that is, whenever that is. Uh, but they've got another IP coming up, so uh, not a, not really an RPG. We're crafting a new universe full of characters and gameplay. Uh, they want to create something new and fun. We don't really have much detail beyond that. So yeah, What's it coming out, though? They know all the details of that. It's, I think so it's, it's like, they're talking about it being like an online shooter kind of deal. So I guess they're trying, they're thinking about what they could do in that genre. Like I can't. Did I don't want to be another sci-fi universe thing. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about what other, what else they can do. They already have fantasy, the Dragon Age. You already have sci-fi with Mass Effect. 
Maybe Titanfall style. Okay, shooter. all right. If there's Titanfall giant with robots. Bioware behind it, I don't know. It's mm -hmm. it's. I mean, it's not an RPG, so it's an. Uh, I guess it's it's an action adventure game, is what they're actually kind of describing it as. So Cyberpunk Tomb Raider. Man, now I just want Cyberpunk 2077 news. Maybe we'll get that <laughs> but anyway, yeah, nothing oh, much boy. else to report on that front, though, right? Nah, uh, nope. Because it's, it's a very, it's like a, it's like a 500 character, you know, very small blog post. Yeah, and that's like, all we got. Yeah, that's so. a shareholder call. Like the, you know. Yeah, so we're we're clearly it's not the type of game that we're normally going to cover because it's an action game. But you know, we might we might. Do an article Though I, I, I will, I will fun. shill that if you hated Inquisition or didn't like it, you if you've got an extra three hours to try the Trust DLC because it is pretty, it is a step up, uh, and it, it kind of has a promising, you know, lead into a hypothetical Dragon Age Four. Though we have seen Bioware kind of squander that sort how, of goodwill. How so. many <laughs> DLC things that uh, Inquisition have? Is that like the second or third? Uh, I, th I think three, but. The Trespasser one's the only one of real significance. Yeah. The rest uh, I think one, the one was just kind of like another zone that was could have been in the main game. Because the, the game is segmented into zones. It's not really a open world. It's like quasi-open world. And there's yeah, another you're one. Like you're presented with a map and you say, I want to go there. And that's all, that's all it is. Right. And okay. yeah, and one of the DLCs at least, maybe two, was just another one of those where it's like it, it kind of felt like the whole image of the you know the Mona Lisa painting where they just cut part of it out and sell it back to you. Yeah. But <laughs> the but the but the Trespasser one, it's kind of like the the Citadel DLC, only not as much for a closure on the series, but more of a you know we're tying up all the loose ends to go into our our magnum opus. Yeah, so I'm not really. I'm not really interested in this new IP until we know more, but I am interested in Dragon Age, whatever the next one is. I just so. don't want it to be sci-fi, and I don't want it to. Be, I don't want it to be fantasy. I, that's that's my only man like wish for it. That's all Bioware does, though. I so know, but that's gonna be. They're gonna build on it. Uh, <laughs> I want it to be like set in real uh, time multiplayer. and modern time. Like I don't know, that's that could be cool. But well, there's uh, yeah, I mean, Dragon Age Inquisition still. Game of the Year Edition. You can get that for pretty cheap, and so you don't really have to choose between the DLC. You can just get all of it at once. Uh, so if, if that's what you want, um, it was, was alright. Inquisition what, was is easily the best. What was Brian saying something? I was just saying that, you know, they've got, they added their multiplayer modes to their Mass Effect and Dragon Age. Maybe they're going to try to go for that Overwatch pie. Who knows? Some mm -hmm. team They're not going to be able to compete mm. with Overwatch, no matter what Bioware no, no thinks. One, but that doesn't mean they can't try. No, sorry. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I don't think Bioware can, can compete with that because Blizzard's got tons of experience with the multiplayer arena. Ma Mass Effect 2 and 3 are really their only kind of stabs at that stuff, so... I guess we'll find out. Anyway, other than like, I, I guess the Baldur's Gate had the co-op. <laughs> that's like you can do the TCP/IP connections or whatever. <laughs> Just, like that's that's all you can be able to do. Uh, <laughs> I want them to make a new Baldur's Gate, but I don't know that I know they're not going to go back to Forgotten Realms. They're not going to go back to licensed games. Maybe a Jade Empire two. I would rather them make that, but that's that's a real long shot. Well, since it seems like Marvel is going to like everyone ever, maybe the Marvel will hit them up. Uh, Marvel <laughs> Ultimate knows? Alliance from Bioware. Because Activision no longer has that, apparently, I guess. Maybe Avenger <laughs> Ultimate Alliance, I guess, at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, has to be. <laughs> Mutants, what are those? Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that makes, that's a good point that, you know, it's still up in the air about a lot of that stuff. But but that's it for, yeah, Bioware news. Adam, how about you take this next piece of news? Um, so Nintendo had their quarterly uh financials a couple of days ago um 
or they had some sort of prep briefing. I don't remember exactly what. And basically, we didn't. They didn't really announce anything like huge that we didn't hear from the original Switch reveal back in January. But they did give a couple of tidbits on a few things. One being that the online service for the Switch is supposedly going to be quite a bit less expensive than the competitors. Um, it's two thousand to three thousand yen was what they was what President Kishi Kimishima said, which is about twenty to thirty dollars, roughly twenty five dollars in that range or so. And so that's for a whole year's subscription for the online service for the Nintendo Switch. So you're comparing that to like the sixty dollars for the uh, for the Xbox One or the PlayStation Four. Um, yeah. So right now, the, the the games that that impacts most are going to be Mario Kart and Splatoon Two. Uh, obviously, those are the two biggest, or only two, multiplayer games the Switch will have. I think. Um, so. Can't think of any others. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. It's the whole online service of the Switch is kind of weird at this point. Like, I don't think they actually have said anything about like virtual console or anything like that either. Now that's. No a little bit different from the subscription but like there's a lot of things they haven't really explained yet and this console comes out i think a month from what today yesterday um yeah a couple of days ago as when this is posted so less than a month um and it's like i feel like the podcast will go up tonight by the way just so you know (laughs) don't worry okay anyways that's it they they basically said that the yearly subscription service is going to be um two thousand to three thousand yen so we've Which talked is... at length about the online mode of this. Of this, so probably not going to. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about that again because we've all kind of shared our concerns about that. But yeah, it's it's kind of difficult to really be you know too into that because as you said, they the thing about though with the PlayStation Four, with the PlayStation Plus, excuse me, and the Xbox Live Gold service is that yeah, you know, the cool thing with PlayStation Plus is that yeah, you get like a bunch of games a month and as long as you have your subscription you get to keep them as long as you want as long as that subscription is active uh and with xbox live gold it's that i think even if you lose your subscription you still get to keep the games and so with nintendo if all they're going to give to you is just one game a month that you know cycles around each month that's kind of a difficult sell and not to mention these games are you know super nintendo games like the only real support for that that i can think about that i've heard is just you know the cool thing is it'll be just this game so everyone's attention will be on that game so the community around that will be pretty strong a lot of discussion about that and it also another thing i heard was like what if they started to do all these cool things like uh like this month we're going to focus on super metroid so here is a documentary about super metroid and all these assets and concept art all this stuff that you get to check out and experience and commentary and all this stuff and and every month they have some different game that they focus on like that's the kind of stuff i would personally be you know really happy about but i just don't really see nintendo going that far compared to you know how they usually do things unless it was like a direct maybe that they did on that, or like a, a sort of an Iwata asks for, you know, post Iwata generation. Um, I guess we'll see, but yeah, we talked about like the Splute, Splatoon voice system that, yeah, I made that co- uh, comment before. I don't know if I brought up the podcast, but the idea of having like one, if you had like headphones, one headphone going to the game audio and the other headphone going to the voice chat, it just, I don't know yeah, how that's going to work. Very not ideal. Yeah, but you know, at least you get to throw away your bulky gamer headset, so that's a big plus, right? <laughs> so, well, uh, it's yeah, so that's weird. all the news. It's we, like 
through the mobile app or whatever. It's just yeah. So I don't awkward. know, man. Maybe they'll change their mind. The thing is, is that you would hope that there's like this extra software layer where they have all the other features that you can have. Like if they eventually do add voice chat to the system itself, but because so much of the focus is on the um, the battery life of that thing. Uh, having to do all these background things on on the tablet on the game on the switch itself that would increase the cpu power and I, and that would of course burn the battery so uh i don't really see them doing that because they face a lot of backlash it feels like if they try to really hurt that battery life as low as it already is so i guess we'll have to find out and see another thing that came out i don't know if there was this was mentioned before it's that um for the switch it's that that grip that you get with the Joy-Con controllers uh, that you're supposed to slide them onto when you have the Switch itself docked that you're supposed to play like a game gamepad, that grip doesn't charge the Joy-Con controllers whatsoever. You have to buy the separate $30 attach accessory to be able to charge it. Ugh. Fuck so that. <laughs> it's an, uh, yeah, the only other way to charge those controllers is by putting them onto the Switch that's docked. So... There's just so many confusing design decisions that they made and this, you know, this big push to make people pay so much money. It's like, it's kind of like the Apple, <laughs> the Apple mm-hmm. the, the philosophy yep. and, and getting people that they know are going to spend all this money. It's like, you know, they're going to spend all this money. They're so hardcore about their fandom that they're sure to spend all this extra money on these other things and all this, you know, the accessories there's a high margin on them, so we'll make even bigger profits from it. So, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to tell. It, you know, it, as Adam said, you know, all we've got going forward is Splatoon two and Mario Kart, and so if that's it, and they're wanting you to spend all this money, and yet even if you don't spend money, you still have access to the eShop. I don't really see much of a need to spend money on that online service as opposed to playstation plus and xbox live gold where they give you tons of incentives to want to use their service like sure you were paint you're charging you for online multiplayer but we're giving you all these games in return and discounts uh, i think the discounts are also you know available to anyone with internet con- actually no i'm sorry the online service that you pay for gives you special discounts like like plus does but that's kind of it and considering there's not a whole lot of games and you know the games that are coming out you'll probably buy day one not wait for a discount it's like still not much to go with until yeah we have to wait till like gdc and e3 to find out gdc is the start of march as well so that'll be interesting time (laughs) to find out about that um, yeah, hopefully, you know, I, I imagine like uh, we'll de- definitely get a better sense of where the Switch lies next year. This year is kind of like kind of their taking off point. Uh, next year is definitely going to be the true test of like how well their online services really stack up. And the, and the game releases, of course, mm-hmm. just like with yep. any launch. It's like it's the following year that you're most interested in because it does feel a lot of this is coming way too early for developers to be prepared for because, you know, everything's... The, the system is launching in, in March, but all these games are coming out in the fall or in the win- fall of the winter and the online services too. And, you know, they got like that paid, the app that'll be free for a limited time and that'll become paid. So there's just so it's coming you know, in hot. Way too many questions. Yeah, it's coming in hot, but I'm interested and I still want to switch just because I think it, it's a, awesome. And I heard so many great things about that screen on the, on the switch that, I'm very hopeful, and I'd love to try it out. But yeah, still have a lot to answer for. But I think Josh, Zelda looks really cool. Yeah, it, it. <laughs> it does. 
Um, and yeah, they've got like that Super Bowl commercial as well. That looks pretty good. So I recommend checking that out. It's a pretty cool ad. Just as good as the first one they had way back, like back last fall. Uh, but that's it for Nintendo news. Josh, how about you take this next one? So this one's a, a bit of a weird one. Uh, Story of Seasons Trio Towns is getting localized by Xseed, and um, it's coming out on February 28th in Japan. But they're, oh, they in already America kind of, too, yeah. Oh, in America, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. they have uh, this whole post-launch DLC plan for Japan um, where they're going to release, you know, uh, four patches over the course of six months and whatnot. And Xseed is in a weird position whether this will make it over, get localized, or they can't uh, offer it for free. So first, let's uh, kind of break down a little uh, what are coming in these patches Uh Obviously, a new Bachelor, Bachelorette. Um, there's going to be a few new events. You know, the ability to have a, a child. With a, the, there's a game's uh, secret marriage candidate. Uh, a new uh, performer story. Um, this one's a weird one. There's going to be a new pet, uh, Che Burashka, which is kind of a Russian cartoon character. You know, that has uh, shows up in Japan. Uh, some uh, costumes uh, from Rune Factory Four and some reaction dialogue and whatnot. So you know, these patches are. Uh, add you know quite a bit to the game, so the problem is that in one of these patches, it was it wasn't listed exactly which one. Um, there's over two hundred thousand characters of Japanese text in them, and that's so much. that like for if we're gonna compare this, uh, the first co- corpse party, which is also uh, brought over by Xseed, has just barely over two hundred ten thousand Japanese characters. So in one of these patches, you have a whole game's worth of text in it and localizing this is not an easy task especially if they're gonna if they were to offer this for free over here that's a lot of you know profits down they've the got to worry about trails in the sky the third actually i guess they're about done with that but yeah they've got so much else work to do so so they have this um thing where they already detailed it in their developer blog that this dlc content would uh, cost upward to six, quote unquote, up to upward to six figures to localize. Oh God! And over over half of those six six figures will be programming and QA costs. And you know that amount of power, manpower, and money could just be uh, should like they're wondering if they should uh, spend that time to do that, or they could just re- almost release another full title with that uh, like cost to put into that and. Right now, they're kind of gauging feedback on what they should do because they're either looking at not releasing this at all or possibly releasing it at like three ninety nine per patch, but they'll com- combine the first and second patches into a single patch if they were to localize it uh, because they have contained less content than the third and fourth patches. So... Uh, just to basically summarize, either they don't localize any of these patches at all and spend the, those resources in another project, or they release, they spend the time to you know do the man, uh, put in the manpower in this, and release these three patches here for three ninety nine a piece for uh, Story of Seasons Trio Towns, and that's a really difficult dilemma to have. Absolutely, that's that's, that's challenging because the yeah, like who charges for that kind of stuff? But it's so significant that it sounds like it's the right move because it's like so many games nowadays have season passes. And so, you know, they clearly charge for story DLC. We, you know, 
Square Enix clearly mm-hmm. does. So I wanted, I would actually be interested if they'd do that. But it, it, like it, it, it all lies in like if it's worth it because th- there's no guarantee that they'll make back those costs because it's already putting a lot of money into it and uh, there's no easy or right answer obviously uh, but I'm, I'm super glad that they came out and like we're super transparent about this like no other developer and publisher would really you know I mean, and Alice has you, done that, I think, before because <laughs> they talked. Well, you about, might have, like, you might have okay. mentioned this. You Apocalypse. might have mentioned this, but like a key part of the problem is that like the audiences in the United States or localized area, loca- location and in Japan um, are pretty different. Where like they can offer these things in Japan for free, whereas if the audience isn't quite there in the United States to offer these the same content for free to a different type of audience, that's where the dilemma lies. It's just that it just may not be feasible on a numbers standpoint so yeah and i guess a little side note here since uh i I forgot to mention it does that uh russian pet character chaburashka uh they don't know if they can even like localize that because they would be charging for that and even if they were to offer that for free yeah exactly they're not guaranteed the license to that as well so so it's very much like a, a side note like not even even if we could localize it not 100% 100% of it could be localized, <laughs> potentially. It's yeah. to find out, but it, that's Sorry. the thing, I guess. It's it's a very specific, like, it's not a big selling game, and so, at least here, so it's it's kind of hard to say whether it'll be worth the effort, but, you know, just for the fans' uh, sake, it'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope they uh, somehow reach, like, you know, a compromise that, like, everyone could be, you know, somewhat satisfied with. I'm uh, interested to see where this goes, for sure. Cool. Speaking of dilemmas, Adam got a new game announcement too. Uh, so um, last year, we actually re- reviewed this game three different times on the site. But experience <laughs> yeah. like released... That's the dilemma. Do you want to buy this again? <laughs> Stranger of Sword City. Now, this is a very niche game. What it is is a dungeon crawler in the in the realm of in the vein of like a wizardry game from Experience. Experience is a Japanese developer. They kind of started as like Japanese indie and have grown a little bit since then. Um, but still kind of have like this indie feel to them where well, they're huge they, in Japan, but yeah, I totally agree. Um, where they are releasing, uh, they've released a couple of these, uh, dungeon crawling type games. They, there's been four of them now that have been localized and stranger of sword city is what released last March, uh, on PlayStation Vita and on Xbox one. And then later in the year on PC, it's a just quick overview it's a dungeon crawling game where basically a character from modern japan basically ends up kind of warping themselves to this alternate world um where they become basically they're called a stranger and kind of like superman from krypton coming to earth this human going to this other world becomes much more powerful in it for magical reasons or whatever um and then, so this game is being re-released on Vita. It already has a version on Vita, but it's getting re-released as Stranger of Sword City Revisited. And from what I understand, it's mostly the same game. It's not like a it's not like an HD remaster. It's not like a sequel. It's basically the same game with a couple of additions. Like um, there's a couple of character classes that are from another one of Experience's games, uh, Students of the Round, which has not been localized. So it's kind of a it's kind of a throwing a bone to fans in japan but fans here don't know what they even are um yeah 
plus a couple of new balancing things like with stats or whatever i don't know the details and a, and a new dungeon in the end like a challenge dungeon but from what, what i understand I... that's oh, sorry. not it one of my um, friends is uh, looking forward to this because she was frustrated with the the like the PC release, I think. Like she got through the first three dungeons and like it was too tough for her. So I apparently revisit has like an easier difficulty setting as well, and she's actually looking forward to that the most. Yeah, the original game had a couple of uh, pretty big difficulty spikes. Uh, the game is segmented into dungeons. So, like, you could be in one dungeon, and you're basically creaming everything, and it's basically no effort at all. And then, like, you step foot into the next dungeon, and then you get wiped. Oh, God. Like, it's almost not worth even, like, training or grinding in the the first dungeon, because they're just too weak for you, and you don't get much. But the second dungeon is just too tough, so you're kind of in this weird place. Uh, (laughs) It is a tough game. Um, Fairly tough. Um, But, yeah, so it's kind of just getting a weird re-release at the end of this month on February 28th. For thirty bucks, it's kind of one of those. It's it's I I I pretty much I enjoyed the game outside of a couple of weird issues I had with it with the death system, and I don't know if those have been fixed at all in this version. Um, but it, for someone like me, I'm probably not going to revisit this revisited version because it seems like it's mostly the same uh, in terms of content, and the balance might be significant enough. But for people who haven't played it yet, it seems like there's no reason not to get this new version instead. So. Just have your Vita lying around. It's there. Another game at the end of February to join uh, Story of Seasons and Torment. <laughs> like everything's kind of packing in at that point, right? Yeah, along with uh, on the and just right like a few days after that, there's a Switch and yeah, Nier Automata, that, and the the release schedules this year are totally still fucked. Trying to get in, but before the end of the fiscal year. Yeah. So and that and that actually leads us to the next. Uh, speaking of remasters, we got another big story coming up. Uh, Atlas Japan, Josh, what about what's about this survey that they put out? They yeah, put out these surveys. Well, Atlas Japan like has their annual survey of like projects they are kind of musing about, like want want some feedback of like, hey, what do you kind of you know, not they... want us to make hundred percent? Was but... that the one they talked about dual audio? That was actually the America. That was, one, right? uh, yeah, that was America. Yeah, yeah. Good, uh, so. I, I thought about that too when I was writing up this news article on the uh, article on the. Google Doc, I mean. Uh, so there's a, a few uh, weird ones in here. Like, they kind of listed down, like, a dancing game for Persona 3 and Persona 5 yeah. <laughs> and whatnot. So, you know, God, if, if I you would like... like that, actually. <laughs> I love dancing all night, so I'm okay. The, the, the ones that uh, caught my eye were the HD, uh, HD remakes that did, it just it says remakes, not remasters, of uh, Revelations Persona, which is Persona 1, and both parts of Persona 2. And I would really actually like that treatment for Persona 2. Like combining uh, the innocent sin and eternal punishment com- uh, content into one, because the the way you can play it in English is to- has always been totally segmented. Back then, you only got half of the story with eternal punishment uh, PS One's release. Uh, they never localized uh, innocent sin on PS One, and then they uh, localized innocent sin PSP, but they never did for eternal punishment PSP. So the only way you can play is like innocent sin on PSP. An eternal punishment on PS One, and it's a very uh, rough experience because there's so many enhancements of the PSP versions of these games, and along with like you know translation fixes and localization, you know consistencies and whatnot. Just it's, I would like them to do that to, to at least make a make a more cohesive experience, at least to the West. And uh, and also like the first Persona. Um, there's even some translation oddities between 
Persona 1 and Persona 2 do lead into each other. There's a couple of ties between them. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the character of Nanjo, but in one game he's called Nanjo, and the other game he's called Nate. And it's yeah. just, like, weird things like that, like, between the two versions. I played the... I didn't play Revelations Persona. I played Persona PSP, which I know is pretty different. Um, and some people don't even like that one as well it, as well as the original. It, it's but it's just better, I think. Yeah. It's, it's just this... Yeah, so, like, it's just these weird, like, It'd be, it'd be great if they could kind of create new versions of these that are, in a sense, definitive versions that have, you know, the, an updated translation, a consistent translation, and consistent UIs even. Because, yeah. like, going from, like, Persona 2 PSP to Persona 2 not PSP is weird because the, <laughs> the UI is totally different. And, and kind of spinning, spinning course... off of that, like, if they were to do a remake of Persona 3 or something, not a yeah, remake, but, like, a remaster, it'd be nice if they could, like, include the enhancements to the psp version like having a female protagonist yeah like a different version Love and have like the fes changes as well yeah, uh, right now they're yeah. kind of segmented yeah There's... that'd be really nice to have at least like you know bring them up to these consoles because if sony's not going to have playstation one games on their virtual console service at all then or ps4 in any case because it's not even able to use cds it would be nice well, like, like Persona 4, I don't think really needs a remaster, especially because it kind of got one on Vita anyway. I would say there's um, a lot of people it, who would love to have it on PS4. But I, I, feel like, I feel like the original, I feel like the first three games all have better reasons to be, like, remastered oh, than no 4 doubt, does. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, like, or the first two it wouldn't more, just be better the, fir- the third one, not so much. I'd say the first two really need first two, to. First two especially, but even yeah. the third one kind of has, like, if you ask somebody who what the, what's the best version of 3, um, you have... Persona PSP has some benefits, and Persona FES has some benefits. So maybe they'll have the PS2 on PS4 things for three and four. That'd be all right. I'd hope, but who knows? Uh, there's also <laughs> achievements would be awful. Uh, did uh, Golden have achievements? Yes. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah, that'd be easy. Why not? There, there's also some you know uh, things here for expanding like Persona Five outside of just this one game, like yeah. a Persona Five fighting game, you know, because Persona Four <laughs> Arena. So, didn't he say like the director of Arena said he wanted to do one of those? Is that what? I, I'm, I think, I think I he think did so. a while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be that'd be kind of cool because uh, those characters lend, would lend themselves well to a fighting game because they have their all their unique weapon sets and whatnot. That'd be that'd be interesting. Um, then they have a Persona 5 with additional scenarios and new elements. And that mm. makes me wonder because concerned. I know... Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I know, uh, not really concerned, but like I remember like a few, maybe a month or two after Persona 5 came out, they kind of came out and talked about like the early prototypes and concepts of Persona 5. And there was a, a confidant in uh, Persona 5 that was originally planned to be a party member in that game. Uh, and just you know, obviously got cut for whatever reason. Development, yeah. so I wonder game if game development happens. Yeah, yeah, game development always gets in the way. Uh, of course, a completely new Persona Six, which is kind of a, a given. Uh, some of the weird ones here is uh, a Persona Q sequel and remake for other hardware, uh, which is I, I don't know if I want that. I really wasn't really feeling Persona Q. Seems after like all it's more like a one-off thing, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like... Also, I don't know how that Etrian Odyssey style would work on like a Switch or something. With, oh, I would love Etrian Odyssey on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not sure. Like, but one of the greatest things about Etrian Odyssey is having that grid-by-grid grid or grid map on the bottom at all times. Like, just... That's that's true, but you could totally have that on a on a screen, too. I don't know. I, I would just love to see Etrian Odyssey blown up like that. That'd be awesome. Sorry, personal dream of what I want on Switch, but yeah. 
there's a uh, the the really funny ones are the Persona series, either board game, online game, or shooting game. The board games uh, seems like it'd be inevitable, but that stuff <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, Persona Party. All the theme Monopoly yeah. board games are kind of shitty, so I'm not really. I guess Monopoly overall is. Not I, 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 I think I'm thinking like a Mario Party style Persona game, or oh, or, or like a Dokapon oh, Kingdom Persona game. Oh. Mm. Dokapon Kingdom, all I can be with the Mario Party. I'm like, fuck no, <laughs> please God, I don't want that to be. The Persona Online, you're like what Persona Imagine? <laughs> Persona yeah. Mega Mix. It actually, it's. I mean, if you think about it, Sonic. <laughs> Sonic did have that party games, and it's and this oh, is the, yeah, this is Sonic the house Shuffle. of Sega. So, yeah. oh yeah, you're right. Oh, oh my shit. gosh, I don't want to think and about then, that stuff. How about a Persona? Yeah, a Persona racing game, like a kart racing game, would be hilarious. <laughs> I would love to see something like that. I mean, I, I, I personally, yeah, I think like the dancing one, I would be all right with. I think the biggest problem with Persona Four Dancing All Night is that it just limited itself to Persona Four soundtrack, and all they did was just take the same small number of songs and remixed them multiple times, and that became even if the music was great, it's like after a while, it's like I don't really see a whole lot to this anymore. But I, I think that yeah, I, I think like the fighting game would be the most exciting because that. Persona 4 Arena seemed to be pretty much welcomed into the fighting com- game community, even if it didn't make it to Evo. <laughs> I think that would still be kind of cool to see. I, yeah, I kind of want them to like kind of take a break from Persona and like kind of explore yeah. like the like Rats, Devil Summoner maybe. I mean, they literally I the next game has got uh, what's his face, Troy. I do. Oh, no. oh, sorry, I said Raidu. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I, was, oh, I, I was actually yeah. thinking more like, who was at the end of the Shin Megami Tensei trailer? Odin. Odin, yeah. So, yeah. wasn't Odin uh, on the front of the Strange Journey box? Maybe. Uh, no, no. Odin, like, uh, Odin's Odin a main uh, character in Apocalypse. Yeah, it's like it's a new design for Odin. Oh, um, the new the design. One, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, the Strange Journey one is just a box of the the Monica suit, which is still rad to this day. Oh, okay. I, I, they look so similar to me. Like, it, just from my fuzzy memory of what they look like, they look similar. I guess it's like well, that the Demonica the Demonica suit shows up in Strange Shin Megami Tensei Four. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like well, that's a costume. That, I might like be thinking related, about that the then. Yeah, they should make a new Strange Journey, like a like a sequel to Strange Journey, or like a like a remake or remastered Strange Journey. There were like a lot of those games that came out. What I'd like to see is Shin Megami Tensei Nine come back because that oh, was an yeah. Xbox original Xbox exclusive to Japan, and we never got that game. So that'd be interesting if they decided to do something with that thing. But yeah, I was actually talking about that with like a, a few people uh, like a few weeks back. Uh, just I was I, that was like one of the few SMT games I never played. I was I was always wondering how it was and yeah, people region yeah. locked and all that shit for the Xbox. So exactly, unless you modded it like with a. Was the executor was the name of the mod chip spec? Anyway, I don't remember. Yeah, that's like the, that was the only way to play it. I I don't remember hearing great things about it. That's probably I and mean, what I did hear was that game was supposed to be a lead up to an MMO for the Xbox, like a Shin Megami Tensei MMO before Imagine. So, but because it didn't do that great, that those plans fell through. <laughs> Just like a lot of games that Microsoft been working with those Japanese developers. Because <laughs> oh. you think about like, yeah, you got atlas but then after, not long after that it happened true fantasy live online of course uh at level five and then recently of course scale by on so rough they just don't do really well with those japanese developers i don't know they just kind of they should be focusing more within it seems like and not worried too much about the japanese market i think like 
like a recent game release like quadruple the xbox one sales in japan it went from like 25 units to 100 units <laughs> that's that was like, I, I i always wonder like uh, when they show up uh, at the the media create sales like who's buying like this the, the xbox like there's been get, one like... time where it's like one xbox 360 sold a week <laughs> a guy just set up a store or something it's just <laughs> weird to see like every individual sale of that game uh, that system in japan is like super significant I love it. I love the fact that we can get those types of numbers from Japan, just not from America. That that that's kind of fun to watch. But yeah, you never know from that that market who they're not even interested in consoles anymore. I just I just wonder like uh, like uh, what does the Xbox office in Japan look like these days? Well, the was it the head of Xbox left like a few years ago, so I don't even know what that looks like anymore. The only cool guy that showed up there. <laughs> so and outside of that all those news um recently this is the last piece of news for anyone listening sorry just kind of cap it off with this ps4 firmware 4.50 came out uh for beta testers yesterday as of this recording february 3rd um and it adds some pretty amazing things to it things that people have been wanting for a long time you still can't change your ps name which is a bummer but <laughs> they did add the ability to use an external hard drive with your ps4 to install games just like what the Xbox has been able to do for a long time, something Nintendo has been able to do for a while, finally Sony decided to add that functionality to the PlayStation 4. So, To be honest, uh, I I thought you could already use an external no, hard drive. No, you had to replace that thing. And it was like a specific like height to it as well. So only like certain uh, notebook hard drives were able to fit in that thing. So that was a pain in the ass. But this- yeah, you can actually fit hard drives up to eight terabytes uh or you nice. can, it supports up to eight terabytes and you can have everything saved directly to there and it's very manageable like there's it, even does like that a, to be huh? does that have to be a usb3 hard, external hard drive or can usb2 usb 0? i would imagine it's backwards compatible and you can be, you'll be able to use it but i'd imagine you'd well 3.0 makes a lot of sense because you need to be able to like the the uh the power the power that it would take and, and you know yeah the speed the read speed exactly speed. the reading the read speed you would want it to be USB 3.0 so I imagine yeah it has to be that and it just makes perfect sense but the uh, but you know hard drives the price between 2.0 and 3.0 are insignificant anymore so you should be able to get one for pretty cheap like I yeah. recently posted that sale for Amazon Prime members we get a 4 terabyte for $110 which is super cheap for when the, well, those things used to be and it was like an actual one of those um, portable hard drives, so you didn't need external power. That's what made it, you know, that's why it's cheap. Four terabyte powered one, of course, is that's nothing. Um, but that that's pretty damn cool. And, you know, you've got, like, the ability to have all that stuff and not having to, not being able to, like, force yourself to stare at a storage management screen for hours on end trying yep. to fit things in. That's a that's me fresh air yeah literally (laughs) what i have to deal with it doesn't because it's crazy to think about that like you need that much space but i think this is not only is it great for people like that it's just that you know you don't have to concern yourself with having to delete stuff and download it later and use up your bandwidth i think that's the most important thing i'd have to think about oh like you know just swapping out the hard drives internally now i can just like pop in external hard drive yeah and psn speed Speed. I was hoping that this new update would actually improve the speeds, but I guess that is not the case. But they also added the ability to do custom wallpapers, which is awesome. I kind of hope that 
they also have the functionality to change like the notification, like the icons and the music and stuff like that. But is it just like blue boxes right now? But if you do the custom, yeah, wallpaper? it's it's the it's the default stuff. Uh, they have a screenshot here from the Last Guardian as the background. So um, that's I hear cool. it's weird though, the, like the way you implement custom wallpapers. Like you need to actually like use the screenshot feature of the PS4 to yes. like get a custom wallpaper. So like what people have to do is like open up the PS4 browser to like a page with uh, a screenshot. And then screenshot that with the share button, and then set that as the custom wallpaper. Yes, I think. Wow, it's, that's mm. it, it is. But I think that can use like the uh, there. I, I think that might be the case. But I'm pretty sure you can also use it off off your um, USB. So like if you've got like a USB drive, you just put the photo on there and just and be able to use a custom wallpaper. The good thing is that even if you have like a a wallpaper that's not really great for serving as a wallpaper the icons themselves of like drop shadows and whatnot to and it, it dims the proper areas around it and that so no matter how bright your wallpaper is uh it still you can still see those icons which i think is important okay. it doesn't blind you and it's, just, and it's just like the the custom image uh it's just your, only your icons are moving, right? There's no like the weird uh, wallpapers where they have like one image at the bottom and the, like a new image at the top or something. It's just like one consistent image. Yeah, there are there are wallpapers okay. that actually are like that too, where it's just one consistent wallpaper. So that makes sense. Okay. Um. Th- and so that's pretty awesome. Another thing that they also added was the ability to, to post on your activity feed. So it turns into a blog pretty much, where you can post things like uh, not just text but also screenshots and gifts that you've that you have onto that feed and other people can check it out. So that's kind of cool, I guess it's, it's not really something I probably will use outside of, cause that activity feed is already filled with, you know, trophy achievements and whatnot. So I feel like it serves that purpose for most people. Yeah, that's, that's kind of nice, I guess. But, um, let me see. It also says here, I'm just like, I'm reading off of this is that, uh, live on PlayStation will show screenshots that users uploaded to PSN as a public activity, so you can show off your best gameplay moments not only to your friends but to users around the globe. Yay! I think I think and 3D uh, Blu-rays the, on PlayStation VR. <laughs> That's that caps it all up. I think there's two like big things uh, to get like out of this one as well that hasn't been mentioned yet. It's like the first, the simplified uh, notification list, which is actually real nice because I look at notifications. It's just it's kind of a mess because you have to go through like different categories to like yeah, see different like identifications. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So at least it's having have having that as like a now unified list and easy for me to like just say options mark all as red and don't have to worry about it. That's nice. And also the one that they the, the feature that they haven't really come out and said but people have been have been tinkering around around with it in the beta is like they have this new uh, boost mode for PS4 Pro users, which yes. is essentially like uh, letting you use the benefits of the upgraded pro hardware onto unpatched pro games. So there's already comparisons uh, roaming around YouTube and stuff like Bloodborne having, uh, you know, improved loading times as well as running like a little bit smoother, uh, like in heavy action areas and stuff. It reminds um, me is... of like the Xbox One um, emulator that's inside there to run Xbox 360 games because now the yeah the frame rate's more consistent and the visuals uh, are definitely upscaled too. So that's pretty nice. It's uh yeah that's it's, it's a whole new wild west out there for people just testing out like what boost mode actually does for each and every individual game. Now, so, I, hmm? go ahead. What was that? Like I'm, I'm just wondering. I'm thinking like of games that I would really want to see comparisons of, like 
Uh, I'm thinking Gundam Breaker 3 is the, off the top of my head because that game, while it, it runs okay at 30 FPS, there's definitely some rough spots on uh, a base PS4 that I would really like to see someone do a boost mode test on that. It might it make me it might make me want to get a PS4 Pro like sometime this year. Maybe. I just, yeah, I just I can't help but think like how could be if it supported PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 3 backwards compatible games like hardware like actual physical discs. I think that would be pretty awesome to have, but I guess we'll find out. Uh, yeah, definitely see those PlayStation 4 Pro benefits from the boost mode. Uh, that was that Bloodborne video was pretty awesome. So Yeah, that's a, that's a weird thing to just sneak in there. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah. there's apparently other things that they haven't talked about yet that they'll announce later on. So you know, we'll see. But yeah, check your email to see uh, if you've been invited to the beta. It should just be, you know, search for PlayStation and it should be like, welcome to the beta. Uh, they haven't said when the actual firmware will go live for everybody else uh, but compared like with 4.0 i think it was was the last one it was just like a couple weeks i think that was like during some event that was happening last year it like showed up like shortly after that i think that was maybe e3 i forget i forget yeah but should be yeah. cool but that's it for news so we'll let you know where you can find us you can find us as, as always as always at rpgsite.net uh, you can also, oh, I should mention, we've got some reviews up on the site. Adam's got his Dragon Quest Eight review, and I've got my reviews for Criminal Girls uh, Invite Only and Atlio Shally Plus you can check out. I think that's a, if there's anything else I'm missing from the past week, I think that's it for reviews. Uh, we've also got a new review coming up pretty soon here, like I mentioned before. You can also find us on Twitter at RPG Site, on Facebook.com slash RPG Site Net, you can also find us on youtube.com slash RPG site net. We can check out um, Josh's playthrough of, Berseria, of Tales of Berseria. He's been uploading all the streams that he's done so far there. Okay. Also can check out my playthroughs of Valkyria Chronicles 3 and Panzer Dragoon Saga. First episode of Panzer has gone up this past Wednesday. Valkyria Chronicles 3, a new episode will be up tomorrow. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and your favorite podcast app. I think we're having a bit of an issue with the uh, Google services that it's only showing up an older episode from like a few weeks ago. We're getting that fixed, but on iTunes, all the episodes should be up. And as always, you can download the episodes off our website too. You can also check out our Discord, which has been more and more active lately. Our permanent link is discord.me, M-E, slash RPG site. A lot of Fire Emblem Heroes talking there. Oh a my lot. gosh, way... <laughs> I'm I'm waiting to the point when that kind of boils over and we're talking about Persona Five or Switch, like whatever oh, the next man. big thing is. It's that that whole Discord seems to be like like a hive mind of activity around a certain <laughs> object and then moves on to something else entirely. Uh, awesome, the beauty of those chat rooms. And lastly, of course, we like to mention where you can find us on Twitter. So, Josh, where can they find you? Find me at HD Kirin, H D K I R I N. I've just been kind of putting up Fire Emblem Hero shit because why so not? don't follow him unless you care about <laughs> like waifu shit. All of you care about Fire Emblem Heroes. It's <laughs> good. I've yet to get a five star. That's going to bum me out forever. Uh, Josh, oh. where can they find? Uh, sorry, not Josh. Adam, where can they find you? Uh, Twitter K I N G underscore S E D A. Great. And Brian, where can they find you? Uh, Z-E-O-M-A-S-S-I-C-O-T You cut out there. What was that again? Z-E-O-M-A-S-S-I-C-O-T Great. Thank you. And of course you can find me at Zach Reese. So that's it for this edition of the TetraCast. We'll be here next Saturday once again for the latest news as it comes about. Uh, we'll 
I guess there's I can't really think about what else is coming out. Yeah, just Neo, I guess. We'll talk about it then. Thanks everyone for yep. watching this episode. Catch us next time. Reroll forever. Uh-huh.